Hey everyone, Andres Gamboa here with another episode of the Ponytails Podcast. We are running a special episode today. We love these special episodes. If this is your first special episode or first special episode or first episode in general, check this out. We interview people who sold books door to door for a company called Southwestern Advantage. They recruit college kids during their summers and they have them go to a different part of the country to sell these books door to door on straight commission for 80 hours a week. And sometimes they don't even have a place to live, which of course is a perfect way to build experience and of course have a bunch of stories to tell your friends afterwards. So that's exactly what we do. We go find these people, 100,000 living of them that are currently out there somewhere and we're well past 200 now. And we ask them how that experience shaped their lives, what it was like for them. Sometimes we get some inspiring stories. Sometimes some they make you wanna cry and sometimes they make you wanna laugh. So hopefully you, you guys enjoy everything around. Um, if you guys haven't heard yet, we are switching up we have a pause on the Bizzler situation. More answers to that to come. If you are already listening to this, we are switching it up a little bit. We are no longer going to Jamaica and are going to be pivoting to a different location, which means we can uh, have a more affordable trip. So hopefully you guys can get some more details on that later coming up. I just wanted to drop that right now for you guys listening who have been a fan for a while. Um, a little bit about my guests today, guys. These are people who are very near and dear to my heart. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. It's going to be more of a laugh out loud one. So make sure you guys didn't do apps today because otherwise it's going to be hurting. Uh, of course, first time uh, guest to the show is Aisha Gamboa, my sister-in-law. Uh, she is uh, from Elm Creek, Nebraska, sold uh, eight summers from 2013 to 2020, uh, went to the University of Nebraska in Lincoln, where she currently lives with her husband and two kids, my brother, of course, and my two little nephews who I love very, very much. Her favorite scroll is number five. I, oh no, 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 no. It was number two. I will greet this day with love in my heart. My second guest is Danny Gamboa, her husband, my brother. He sold for eight summers as well. He's the second time on the show. Uh, he sold from 2013 to 2020, uh, originally from Bogota, Kioparsa, uh, and now lives in Lincoln. Of course, he went to school to the, in the University of Nebraska Lincoln for communications. His is number five. I am nature's greatest miracle. And of course, we have the legendary Grant Greeter, who sold for nine summers from 1991 to 1999, uh, originally from North Platte, went to UNL as well, and studied agriculture journalism. We're going to see why that was so funny. <laughs> but um, in the back, before we were uh, recording, we had a blast with the fact that Grant's majored in this. Don't know why. Danny thought it was funny. Um, and then, of course, his favorite squirrel is number three. I will persist until I succeed. Now, this special episode is going to be because tomorrow is May the 4th. And so on that, we decided to have some forced legends come on the show and share with us a little bit about the wisdom that it takes to be able to grow something from nothing like granted to the number one organization in this company uh, at the time in 2001. And then when Danny took over, it was super, super small. There was only a few managers left. And then again, there was like a renaissance and it grew back to its uh, glory. So uh, more on that in a second when I come back with my three dear friends. See you guys in a minute. What up, y'all? <laughs> this is funny because some people only listen to the episode and so they have no idea why people are making this noise. <laughs> I think they get the they get the idea. That's right. Hey guys, thank you for being on here so last minute. I appreciate it. That's nice. Yeah, buddy. Of course. Miss y'all. Oh, full screen. 
Yes, sir. I'm going to go full screen as well. Here we go. Cause we got, uh, we got someone manning the, manning the whole show in the background. So, um, Hey guys, let's jump in. Um, I want to get into some of the fun stories that we probably are going to share here and Aisha, welcome to the show for the first time. I'm sure we'll have you back on, uh, for your own solo episode. Whenever you're, whenever you're, you want, you'll be welcome here. Um, this, I wanted to take a little bit of theme with the whole leadership Jedi training temple mentality tomorrow's may the fourth and we are here with the force organization so um i think that the way that we should do this is kind of the way the movies came out right where we'll start on episode four or so like more later in the timeline and then we'll go back and revisit the prequels with grant isn't that isn't that that fair (laughs) that's good makes sense that's good Makes sentence. All right. So let's jump right in. Um, the first thing that I wanted to ask you guys is I myself have never grown an organization from scratch to uh, one that has, you know, multiple times growth over and over and over for like years in a row until it reaches this point where you're having top people in the company kicking some ass. Um, so let's just start at the basics here. In your mind, when you got started, when you took this over, how how did this feel to you guys we'll start with danny and then we'll go to asia i guess but and you guys were kind of doing this together but when you guys were sitting there with the decision to either take this project on and grow it how did you decide that it was going to be the right option and the best fit for you (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so i'm trying to think back this is grant when did you call me you called me in 2017 with the news right wasn't it 2017 yeah 2017 yeah so what six years ago already what yeah that's wild. Uh, yeah so so i was it was right after what summer was that for us asia that was our fifth summer right and then you and i were in the car together for some reason it was right after the summer i think we were going to nashville after the summer and we were driving together and were you there when grant called me i think so i mean that's at least how i remember it <laughs> yeah me too i'm pretty sure you were because grant you called me and that's when you broke the news. I don't know if you remember telling me about uh, your retirement. <laughs> Is that what I said? I'm getting retired. <laughs> yeah. Getting retired. He's getting, he's getting retired. <laughs> getting retired. Do you get retired? I thought you chose retirement. I got retired. Whatever. <laughs> I'm like a horse. They, they put yeah. me out to pasture, but at least they didn't shoot me, so that was nice. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Uh, they kept you around. Yeah. You served a greater purpose. Uh, but yeah, I remember now you you're, called Now me. you're selling people stables. That's right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so yeah, Greg called me. I remember he goes, yeah, I didn't even know how you told me. I just remember you going, um, yeah, you kind of told me the story of how it happened, and and uh that was like the end of the road pretty much. And and then we got off the phone. I remember I was just, I was so furious. I was so just, I was so mad. And Aisha was there too. And so I just, it was kind of like quiet in the car. And I'm like, I can't believe this. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, that's it. I'm done. I remember I told Aisha, I'm like, I'm done. If he's done, I'm done. Like if Grant's gone, I'm gone. Like through this, that's, that was it. That was my last dance, you know, fifth summer, five summers is good. And then I looked at Asia for a while and it was just kind of quiet. And then I just remember thinking, I, I was just like, oh my God. And the reason I couldn't get myself to be done was I wish it was something cooler. Like, like I was motivated to like carry the lightsaber forward and, you know, big old motivation of like the carry the legacy, but it actually had nothing to do with that. 
the only reason I stuck around was because back in 2015, Grant, I don't know if you remember this, but do you remember when I filled out five EDAs for five-year contract? Do you remember yeah, that? I, I thought you were crazy because usually when people do that, they like quit the next year. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, great. I'm like, yeah, thanks for stopping by. I've actually never talked to you about this. Do you actually remember that? Well, I don't remember. I don't remember it was five, but I kind of remember you doing so that. I, so, so at that time, we were working with our, our secretary, our sales support, which is Ray. You remember Ray? I'm sure you remember Ray. Yeah, Ray was awesome. Yeah, and so Ray, I remember after my third summer, I pulled her aside. I'm like, hey, Ray, can I get an, uh, an experienced dealer contract, you know, which is what we signed for the next year to commit to coming back. And I said, can I get five of those? Can I get one from every year, 2016, 17, 18, 19, all the way to 2020? Can I get, can I get like the next five years? And she, she goes, I'm sorry, I, I can't do that just for legal reasons. They're, they're different every year. I'm like, okay, whatever. How about just print me out five of the same ones for next year? And so she printed out five of the same ones. And then I crossed that at the top. I crossed out 2016 and I would put, I put 2017 and then I put 2018, I put 2019, I put 2020. So it looked like I had, you know, five different EDAs and then I signed all of them. And then I remember I went up to you, Grant, and I gave them to you and I said, all right, man, you got me for five years. You got me till 2020 at the very least. And so I think I I I probably cried a little. And then I told you that, and we had a laugh that you were now (laughs) leaving the business. (laughs) <laughs> you probably had a bet. This kid's probably gonna quit next year. Yeah, I thought you were doomed. <laughs> yeah, so I, I remember doing I that. Feeling about this. Yeah, so that was 2015. <laughs> Callback. That was 2015. So then, fast forward two years later, Grant's telling me he just got retired, and I'm like convinced I'm done. Uh, but then I looked at Asia and. Mm. Obviously, because I signed those five dealer agreements, I remember telling every person that we worked with, I'm going to be here till 2020. I mean, I would just say that all the time. I'm going to be here till 2020, 2020. And so then I looked at Asia and I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, <laughs> I'm like I can't leave now. I, I told them I told them I'd be here till 2020. <laughs> I'm like, I can't leave. So, I mean, there's probably a big part of me that wanted to, but I just remember being like, well, I, I can't do that. I told a lot of people that I'd be here. So that's really the only thing that kept me around. Aisha, what'd you think at that point? Because you guys you guys weren't married at that point. Or you no. guys weren't married at that point. No, we weren't. We weren't even engaged yet. We were still just dating. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think we were even engaged. Yeah. Um, I was also furious, for sure. <laughs> um, Danny... Danny was definitely more kosher than I was. I think I had some choice words to say and was really Ooh, like what? Then, <laughs> oh, you know, not worth mentioning right now, you know. I know. <laughs> but yeah, I was really pissed because, you know, Grant, the our DSL, you know, the guy that I looked up to forever and still look up to to this day, you know, was the leader of our organization at the time and it was like, man, well, and at that time, I mean, I was teaching, right? So I was teaching seventh grade, eighth grade math at that time. Oh, and yeah. I was trying to decide what to do with my future. And I was like, definitely on the tipping point where I was like, yeah, I think another summer would make sense, but it was going to be shorter because I had to um, finish the school year with my students. And then 
I was transitioning to another school. And so I had to be back for some training and whatnot. So yeah, it was like in a really big decision point in my life. And I think honestly, looking back, it kind of put a fire under my butt and hearing Danny so committed and so committed to his word and the vision and everything that Grant and Yvette had built through the years. Yeah, really lit a fire under my butt to do something about it. And, you know, there was a lot of talk that the force was going to be gone in, you know, a year or two. And we actually had conversations about the force joining JYD, you know, and actually not even be calling, be called the force anymore. And Ooh. I remember us being like, hell no. <laughs> Like, if there's anything that we have to do with this, like, that is not going to happen. And so, yeah, there were like eight of us at the time. And, you know, we rallied together and Danny was a huge part of that, um, leading the charge and galvanizing and making sure everyone was together and motivated and going toward the same goal. And so I was super thankful for that because honestly, I was so pissed to the point that I probably that probably would have been a big determinant in me moving on for good, but very mm. thankful for Danny's leadership and his vision for the force after Grant left. So. Ooh. Okay. Well, I got some follow-up questions for you guys in just a second, but Grant really quick over to you. Um, we didn't get to talk about this much in your first episode and what's going through your head as you start like, did you see it coming? First of all, I guess, did you know that this, this could have been the last year for you and, once it was and you realized that Danny and Aisha were going to take over, how did you feel? About, like, I'm, I'm sure you're confident because of who they are and who they were even at the time, but walk me through some of the thoughts. So first, let's go with, uh, did you know that it was coming and how did you deal with the fact that it happened? Well, I probably should have known it was coming because I saw it happen to my mentor and leader, Roy Lofton, you know, a decade or so earlier, right? But of course, me being oblivious to most things on the planet, um, I didn't really see it coming. <laughs> so I thought, I thought I was going to still run a few more Kentucky Derbies, you know, Woo, let's keep going. Ah, next. Um, but I obviously, if I was going to leave the force in, in someone's hands, Danny and Asia would, of course, been the top choice. So that made me feel good that they were going to be in good hands and taken care of. And I appreciated that they cared to keep the, the torch lit, the flaming torch of knowledge, as we used to say. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I was a little blindsided kind of, I, I, you know, I thought maybe at uh, 30 years or 35 years, that sounded like a good time to retire. Not 27. I wasn't quite ready to go yet. Ooh, whose phone is that? Hold on. Someone mute that. We went over this in the sound check. Um, it's just because people who are listening on their on their on their headphones are going to be like, nah, <laughs> and they'll drop out. Um, okay. So on that note, Grant, then what what did it feel like the first time that you didn't go back? Because for me, and I'm just I guess I'm asking for it because I remember the first time I didn't go back to sell books. Um, there was like a bit of heartbreak, but then also like I remember sitting around in July on a Tuesday, like at a pool. <laughs> going, I'm off schedule right now. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it felt it felt really odd. To, what was it like to get to this point of the year, May, when you normally get to go to Nashville for sales school? And now it's just like, no, you're not doing that. 
there was a little is an odd little empty spot for sure um danny and asia of course were awesome and, and kept me in the loop and involved me with things and uh you know some of my managers still checked in and i still coached some of them on the phone that following summer so that helped me kind of stay connected um i i went on one last sizzler course with those guys and that was awesome fun so uh it, it wasn't like a <laughs> kind of thing it was like a um so it was it was it was a nice uh transition i guess given the right. fact that it was a transition yeah fair enough now uh over back to danny and asia where you guys had mentioned this so now you're sitting here grant gives you this news you both commit all right we're going to do this again but it's your fifth summer you hadn't you know you're, you have to fill the role of a dsl in a lot of ways and you hadn't had to do that before How, what gave you confidence like where did you guys how did you figure that out? I feel like I'd be like, what, what do we do now? <laughs> like, how did you move on? Uh, Ryan groom. <laughs> really? Shout out Ryan. Oh Shout yeah. Ryan. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan probably doesn't get enough credit for, for, for it all, but like, he's just great. And you know, like it was just kind of a cool way that we ended up working with Ryan. Um, who, you know, obviously was leading the JYD organization at that time. And at that time, while the force was kind of declining, JYD was kind of just kind of growing pretty steadily. And uh, he was kind of the spearhead of all that. So when, when Grant left, they decided to put all the force, most of it at least under all, yeah, all the force under, under Ryan. And uh, man, I just remember our first couple PCs getting to know each other, uh, you know, knowing that we were going to work together. We just clicked really well. Um, and we, we got along really well and, and, uh, he got me excited about working with him and, and yeah, I think he, he gave me a lot of confidence. So I was able to kind of plug into his energy and to, to his vision. So th that would be my answer. I don't know about you, Ish. I agree. Yeah. Ryan was a huge part of us not floundering completely because I think we would have been a little bit lost. But yeah, he definitely took us under his wing and um, helped us create a vision and a road track to where we wanted to be and helped us a lot that first summer. Um, definitely the leadership was a lot different, you know, Grant and Yvette um, <laughs> leading on the field <laughs> to, to Ryan Groom leading on the field, you know, because he, I mean, the organization at that time was... Um, huge and we were new so we hadn't worked together and it's not like we were rookies we were people going into our sixth summer you know so i think that we were just kind of trying to learn each other period you know learn each other's leadership each other's personalities motivations all of that good stuff so um yeah but he was a big help for sure that first summer and then when you when you guys when you guys were like approaching the summer I mean, did you guys know that it was going to, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, did you, cause I feel like it's, it's the first, there's so many unknowns at that, at that point. So what was your mentality even with, at, the, at the beginning? Right. And you had this big vision of 2020 and you were going to grow back to all these, but the first summer there was, I mean, I was still part of that where it was like, we went to new, new England and we, you know, had, I don't remember how many managers, but it was just like so small compared to like what I'd been used to. And so the, what were you guys thinking at that point? Uh, and, and, and what did you hold on to as far as like uh, uh, an idea of where to lead it to? 
Man, our our we always promoted, which is funny because I always I always say that we kind of manifested COVID into this world because <laughs> <laughs> because so we we back in 2015 we started promote. I don't even know if it was 2015. It might have been like 26. I don't know. Like you know, just just before Grant had gone, we started promoting that UNL was going to be the number one campus in the world again. And that was what we kept promoting. That was a vision that we kept getting people fired up about and excited about. And, uh, yeah, we were growing at a pretty good steady rate. Like from, you know, after the, that next summer where we started working with Ryan for the first year, we jumped a good amount. The following summer, we jumped another great amount. I mean, we were just – it was it was, it was was an incredible um, rate of growth that we were going. I mean, it was, it was awesome. But even looking at the records on 2019, the year before – we're looking at our 2020 vision of being the number one campus and we're looking at these Europeans and you know, the Europeans, the Estonian campuses, these guys are pumping yeah. out like a million dollars profit, you know, and 2019, I think we were like the number nine campus in the world, right? Ace or something like that. Like maybe yeah. top 10. And, and in order to jump up to number one, the next year, we would have had to like, I mean, it was just totally out of reach, like not even, not even close to possible. And so I remember thinking, like, maybe we need to, like, re, like, calibrate. Maybe we need to, like, promote something different because maybe this is just a, kind of a pipe dream at this point. And then March 2020 comes around. <laughs> and, of course, COVID happens. And we find out that all the European students cannot come to these states to come sell. So <laughs> all of a sudden, this, this whole wall of competition just vanishes. <laughs> and we have this opening field to be the number one campus out of nowhere. And we're like, holy cow, like we can actually be the number one campus in the world. So uh, that was pretty wild. So that's why I always, I always like to joke that we, we manifested COVID. That was uh, the power of, a, of a promoting a vision. Yeah. Pretty nuts. Yeah. I remember Danny and I looked at each other and we're like, oh my God, did we make this happen? <laughs> <laughs> like going into our summer, we found out that we could actually go sell, which was awesome. And then we're like, oh my gosh, like we, we had a great recruiting year and you know, we were super fired up for the summer and ready to go. And we're like, wow, we can actually do this thing. This is exciting. That's so, wild. Yeah. Now I do want to ask you guys in a little bit about explosive growth of like how you go from like, I guess, what, what did you guys learn about how that works and how you would use that experience today about because both both grant and you and danny have like a that that experience of we went from nothing to a little bit to boom right but before i get to that um grant this question is to you because i want to hear from you about this and i didn't get to ask you about this but in your opinion and if you want this is a story for bizzler if you want it to be but why why did the force dwindle in the first place like you were there for the from the beginning to the end um, well not quite the end almost the end we're, this it's literally revenge of the sith where all the jedi are almost gone you know <laughs> what what yeah. led that what led that 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 decline well there's some different theories out there which we won't get into right now but uh you could just blame it on uh maybe the leader was getting lazy maybe uh, we'll, we can go with that one. Oh man but you weren't lazy i mean i don't think you were lazy uh um, um, i guess I guess what would you like in, in your mind, what are some things that you learn to be like, okay, next time I have an organization that, or if I'm a leader uh, for people listening who are like trying to avoid this, 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 uh, you know, problem, what would you advise to like, maybe not have that? Yeah. Happen? So probably, you know, so having Yvette 
she's such a great detail person and such a, a hard worker. So between her being really specific on the details and, and me maybe me being more towards a, let's make sure we're having fun and people are bonding together. Uh, we kind of took a lot of the, the reins still where we should have been probably passing more of that stuff off to Danny and Asia and maybe a few of those other uh, young leaders coming up. So that'd probably be my, my advice would just make sure you involve your young leaders early and, and a lot to keep, you know, give them a lot of ownership. We had, uh, see, it was Nick and Matt Atchison and Yvette, basically my three big DSMs all kind of departed there between 2012 and 2015. So that, you know, that was, it was hard to replace those three. And, uh, I should have maybe done a better job of replacing them with like a Danny and Asia or something like that to kind of help fill that void. Yeah. that's huge and that's and that's a big deal because i mean oftentimes uh that's that's actually not something we've talked about much on the show is how to like that longevity of things because very few people have been on here who've done what you've done where it's like hey for 25 years we just kicked ass <laughs> which is hard to do in any company um but that's a huge valuable lesson to take from you is a keep it but the best way to keep it fresh is to allow ownership i like that you said that give ownership to the younger leaders that are that are asking for it. Um, that's a big deal. Thanks for sharing that, man. Appreciate mm -hmm. it. Um, okay. So now on to explosive growth, and this is a good way to, to maybe uh, start coming up with some fun stories here at this point. But when you guys think back on like the moments in time where you said to yourself, Hey, this is working, like we're doing this right. And it's happening. What were some like of the major milestones that when you got that you guys each, had as you guys were growing your organizations and maybe we could still go with grant on this one because it, it's kind of more into the origins of the force but i mean it, obviously you get recruited obviously yvette kicking some butt is a big deal and some of the other leaders that were in that summer but do you remember any of like moments as that organization was growing in the 90s where you're like man we're actually like we're heading in a very good direction yeah well so to start with you got to have a good name right so <laughs> of course we were having problems before like when i my first summer i was part of the new dynastics organization which none of us knew what that meant what's a new dynastic we have no clue right so we can't rally form of new dynastic like whatever we didn't know what that meant um so that didn't go anywhere and then i think the next year we i was part of the diamonds organization which was cool the rock that withstood the pressure or something we became a diamond that's, you know, whatever diamonds seems kind of more the ring thing more than sales organization. So that didn't stick. And then my third year we were a powerhouse. So anyway, this is a problem. <laughs> just kept names and theme and uh, just we couldn't rally behind it. Right. So we decided upon this force thing and you know, had some ties to Star Wars, which is cool enough. So, bam. So that was step one. Who, 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 who's, who's we in that grant? Actually, I don't, I don't even think I know that. Also, Danny, quit clicking your lightsaber. Oh well, <laughs> we, you know, those those people that you consult with to come up with good ideas. Oh, okay, but you, there's there wasn't like a specific like oh. 
it was you know this guy you know me and curtis was sitting in our dorm like hey man actually curtis wanted to keep powerhouse so he was mad at me for breaking away from powerhouse <laughs> and going oh really oh cool uh, see i didn't know this this is good to know what else that was all <laughs> yes. so uh go on uh yeah what well, yeah so you know obviously i was the star wars nerd so i was kind of the one that said i want to call us force and of course at, us at right point, then was really me so i was gonna say at what point is this like you're so you get you get into 91 and is this like 92 where you're having this idea or like are you oh no no this was 90 99 i think oh really so Yvette, when, she, when Yvette oh, joined, wow. she didn't join the force. She joined the new dynastics or whatever. I think she it was. joined the powerhouse. powerhouse, maybe. Yeah, new dynastics was too complicated. That lasted one year. Diamonds was one year, and then we were powerhouse for like two or three years. So, then, who was the leader of the powerhouse? Curtis. Curtis, yeah, and then so that was like in ninety eight, ninety nine. Uh, the powers that be wanted Curtis to go over with Texas and uh, some other faraway land right so i basically oh, got wow. to take over nebraska because we were only in nebraska right then so fresh start nebraska we are now the force okay. and um and so this was yeah like 99 when the force hit the planet running so now this is this is so you started with get a good name okay cool so yeah, check. Get a good get name. Name. check check and then and then what started happening where you guys, because I guess what I want to know is to, to, and for people who listen, who maybe don't understand, to be the number one organization in anything, especially something that's this old or something that's got so many like talented people, it takes luck, but not at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, people want to be like, oh, he got lucky and got the right people. Recruited. No, you're talking about like, it has to have like a dedication, a vision, maybe a little luck if you are that kind of person. But overall, it, it had to be like a, like a game plan. So for you, like, did you guys go into that summer, for example, going, we're going to be number one, or did you just, you know, like, no, it just happened to everybody. Click, we just like, wanted oh. to be better than we were. Cause we, again, we, there wasn't a lot going on. Right. Uh, there was probably like 10 or 15 of us in the force that summer. What? We had a few uh, studs, you know, like uh, Brian Wilson was recruited in 98 and then, uh, and uh, was he also the next year was like the Nick Hendersons and the Station Millers, I think. And then came along the Yvette was already there. Right. But Yvette didn't really like us at the time. Um, in fact, that's I have four secrets to building an org fast on this important piece of parchment. Oh, share it, share it, share it. I very, got my pen out. And uh yeah, these are in the temple. I had to go dig these up out of the temple from, you know, 1990-something. We didn't know we were doing these things at first. They just kind of were happening. And then all of a, then later, like around 2001, 2002, after we were number one, we were like, okay, how do we do that? So then we put a few thoughts down, right? So I can't really say that we thought of this and then we made it happen. It was more like it happened and then we're like, oh, here's what we did. Okay, so number one, people like to be part of something big which we were not yet. So we had to have a good marketing team. I can thank Becky uh, Sudman what was her name back then. Becky Bauman now. Yeah, she's great. She was great with all these old flyers and contests and just cool stuff that we had, right? Uh, and that made people think we were big, even though we weren't yet, yet being the keyword. But anyway, so number one, be part of something big. People like to be part of something big, right? Uh, number two, they like to have fun. 
so we really started to do these uh, VIP trips and uh, Sizzlers went from just always going to Port Guard or Cancun, ding dong, ding dong, ding, back and forth. Nothing wrong with those, but we started going to Costa Rica and we did cruise for two years and we went to Bangkok, Thailand in 2000. And so we just, you know, we just went crazy on our adventure, right? And our fun. Ski trip, we started Sizzler, uh, what do we call ski trip? Frizzler. Frizzler. Frizzler, that's right. So Frizzler. And Frizzler was kind of going. Well, I thought we started it, but we kind of switched it up. Like they used to go to uh, like a, a, ni- a, a nice ski mountain, but then they'd stay in like, uh, you know, like the group housing kind of place, right? So we stopped doing that. And we started. What? <laughs> the Quinta. <laughs> the Quinta. Well, no, more like the, the YMCA of the Rockies kind of thing or whatever. Just like uh, – mm-hmm you know, uh, yeah, whatever. Anyway. So we then, but so we switched that up and we started, uh, doing like the multi-million dollar ski lodge. Right. That was nicer than anything that people had ever been in. Right. So they were like, dang, this must be a big deal. All these fancy things. Right. Uh, but anyway, so we just started pumping in the fun, like whatever else we did. Um, oh, and then people also, number three, they like to be in an organization where they learn something they're not getting anywhere else. And so, of course, Southwestern took care of that for the most part, right? These these awesome skills that you get from the Southwestern summer program. Um, but then we tried to add in a lot of the financial wisdom that you just don't have time for in sales school. or. But we, we tried to add that in a lot in the fall seminars and PCs and really help people build some wealth. And then, of course, number four, people like to be in organizations where they're around their friends. So that's where this – so that, that all got back to Yvette because back when Yvette – uh Yvette's first summer she didn't like any of us and she was definitely not coming back had it not been for Sizzler because she actually met some people in other orgs that she liked and so that got her back and then of course she helped us start recruiting people that she liked and then and then it kind of started growing from there but uh yeah so that was Whoa. a little bit of the story so Yvette was a big catalyst in like the growth of it. Like was she like, who was leading the recruiting at the time? Who was like the big, like big person, big team, big. Yeah, for sure. Team. Yvette was usually bringing 10 or more people a year. And I was bringing 10 or more people a year. Uh, Brian Wilson had a year. He brought 10 or more people kind of in those late nineties. Um, Yvette's sister Ingrid helped raise our beliefs. I think she brought like 19 one year. And then of course, a few years after that, when Atchison joined us, he had a 20 plus person team and Nick Henderson had a 20 plus person team. So kind of scaled our belief. And then like, I'd been dinking around the seven, eight, 9,000 unit summers. And then finally in 97, I broke the 10,000 unit barrier. So then that kind of helped a bunch of those other, and then Yvette did that a couple of times after that. And so did Nick and Stacia and, uh, Anyway, a lot of people in Atchison, of course. So we That's kind of crazy. broke through that. So it just took a little bit to scale, five or six years to scale. Was was there ever any time when you're like, I mean, because it sounds like it was just explosive growth. You went from 99 to that's when you named the damn thing to two summers later, you're the number one campus in the world. And uh, at what point did you know, oh, we're crushing? Right. Like, I mean, even going into 2001, you're like, who knows? That was the summer yeah. they all hit like the big numbers. Oh, it had to have been somewhere in the middle of that summer where you're like, oh, crap, we might actually explode. Well, yeah. So our mentor group, the one that I always looked up to was the Seeds. That was run by Jeff Rogers. And then that passed on to like Nate Vogel and then uh, like yeah. Ron Alford. Some of those legends, right? 
And of course, they had a cool name too, right? Do you guys remember what SEED stood for? That cool acronym? No. Um, Sometimes extra effort determines success. So mm -hmm. good rallying cry, right? Extra effort. So I kind of based the force a little bit off of, you know, seeds and Star Wars force for opportunity rarely comes easily. Got to work your butt off to earn your success. And um, so yeah. somewhere in there, uh, as it scaled, we set some goals to, uh, what was our, like our 2000, after the, yeah, again, we were surprised that we were number one. We thought we were going to be top 10 in 2001. And, and then when they were doing the little countdown, you know, with the Freddies or whatever, and we got clear to like number three and they hadn't called our name. We were all getting pissed. Yvette and I were getting pissed. I'm like, there is no way we're not in the top 10. Son of a B. And, uh, and they called number two. They still didn't call us. And we're like, there's no way we're number one, is it? And all of a sudden, Nebraska number one. Woo! So we went crazy. That's crazy. That was really fun. That was a total shocker surprise. So um, so we set some goals. Yeah. I thought, so you guys finally, knew, yeah. I thought you guys were well ahead. So that's when we kind of thought that, well, they didn't do the tracker back then, right? Like they do now on the pace setter. You kind of know where you rank, sort of. They didn't do that. It was like the super secret mystery thing, you know? It's like, they mm. should go back to that. <laughs> that's way cooler. Well, I kind of like, I think it's cool with you now. If you know where you're at, you know, it's like, come on, guys, we're close. Fair. Let's go. Yeah, that's fair. But, um, that's fair. Anyway, um, so we knew we arrived because, you know, that summer, 2002, three, four, the top, Three of the top five first years were from force and four or five of the top 10 managers were from force. So then that, that was always fun, right? That was kind of my pride and joy. Obviously, greatest accomplishment being number one campus helping that. And but then having the superstar book full of all my kiddos that were being successful, that was super fun. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Whoa, that's great. That's that's such a really awesome story, dude. That's wild. And then, okay, so now, okay, so let's go over back to Danny and Asia. Then as for you guys, you guys, it sounds like you guys had more of a structure. You guys had more of a vision. You guys had more of the idea of this, this was going to happen. And so uh, for you guys, what were some milestones where you're like, hey, we're actually – this is working. I, I met, For example, I imagine Kenzie was a big deal to you guys. It was the first time you guys had had the number one first year. The force had had the number one first year in a long time. It's probably Santa. When I was selling, yeah. So like, I mean, like yeah. things like that. Yeah. What, what were moments like that when you guys, that your guys looked at each other and said, "Hey, this is we're, it's cooking. We're, we're it's it's heating up." Man, I feel like after that first summer when we um, were kind of on our own, and the cool thing about that is because of the vision that was set and everyone involved. I mean, all of our managers were committed. You know, all of our student leaders were like really excited to grow the force and had that allegiance to the force, you know, to grow it and to help other students learn and grow through the program. And so, yeah, we had a lot of committed leaders that it was just really fun. You know, like after that summer, we had a bunch of successful first years. All of our student leaders were coming back and all of our first years wanted to be around the group of people that were out there, you know, and so they found friends, they found fun, um, they learned a lot. And that was kind of an electric culture that everyone wanted to be a part of. And I think that that just kind of grew itself, you know, everyone was really excited to grow and 
we have our force values, right? And vision is a big, or uh, legacy is a big one. And so just rallying behind everything Grant just talked about, you know, um, what they grew and the top producers and making a mark in the entire company and having the top first years and the top student leaders and people that were breaking belief barriers for the entire company. And we wanted to follow suit and be a part of that and be a part of that legacy of the force. Well, and watching from the outside, Danny and Asia did a way better job than I ever did about, yeah, promoting the vision and having cool contests to go with it and lightsabers and commitment, multi-term commitment. Uh, so, I mean, in my mind, that's why you guys really took off because, I mean, you had full-timer, you had people from their first year, like a lot of six, seven-year people sticking around and that's kind of the sweet spot. If you can get them past, you know, the first couple of summers, it's usually all about them. But if you get them sticking around for like years, four, five, six, seven, then they finally start to mature and want to help grow the org and help other people sometimes more than just themselves. And you guys did a great job of getting a core of, yeah, like six or seven of those guys that all stuck around five, six, seven years. So hmm. that's what we were lacking at the end of our days. Like Danny and Asia were pretty much my, two longest people at that point you know a lot, a lot of my 10 to 15 year people had kind of gone on the greener pastures and so danny and asia were kind of my longer term ones but there's only two of them right and like asia said she was still off in teacher land half that summer you know like my teacher am i a salesperson i don't know I'm doing. uh <laughs> so it was danny <laughs> that was it i had no clue i had no, like, no idea what i was doing <laughs> and uh but those two guys, they did a great job of promoting the, the yeah their vision and getting people to rally around it and stick with it. So that's what I saw. Mm. Their success. Danny, what about you? Was there any, any any like as you look back, if you had put a highlight reel over the last six years since you took over the force, like moments where you go, oh, this is a big one, or this is a big deal that this happened, or um, an ass. Yeah, I would say I think. Um, trying to think just back and i don't know it was just cool to i think i think our superpower be over like the core factor that that really was a catalyst for the growth that we had was our our retention our retention was so incredible for those years and like our everyone so many first years that finished the summer were so excited to come back like our retention was just unbelievable like the company averages like 30 percent of first years will, that finish will come back our retention was like closer to like 50, 60%, you know, and, and a big part of that had to do with what these guys already shared was we just had a really cool culture that people wanted to stick around and be a part of. And, um, you know, when you're, when you're adding that many people to your organization, it's hard not to grow, right. You're not going to decrease. Right. So, right. Um, it was, it was cool to see that retention and people um, want to be a part of it. And, um, it's funny just hearing you, Grant, talk about those four things. It's like you look back at what we did, and it's like, yep, we just kind of <laughs> nailed those four things, you know, really well. And, and 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 thinking about what we're doing now, it's like I think honestly, it's, we need to go back to doing those four things right now, you know. And um, yeah, I think Kinsey was a pretty cool thing. Uh, Logan Merritt was the number one rookie in the world again. Um, to two number one rookies almost back to back pretty awesome number one team in the world number two camps in the world like those accomplishments really 
um yeah it was just pretty cool to see that Damn. that that uh those results kind of come in after all those years those deserve a blue milk toast <laughs> blue milk toast blue milk toast let's go okay i have a couple more questions on leadership and then i want to get into some like stories and stuff because this is mm. This is great. Um, okay, now from I'm asking you guys as coaches, maybe uh, you guys can each say okay, a couple questions. One, besides, I mean, we all know work hard, study hard, be coachable. That's all important. But as you guys have seen, you guys have gotten to coach and mentor people who became, uh, well, Grant in your case, legends later on in life, not just in the book world. But, and you guys are still kind of seeing what your kiddos are. It's still early for you to see what you're, but some of them are going to be super successful, but in your mind, you know, what, what, if, what takes, what, what does it take to be that good at selling books? I mean, you guys have seen number ones all over across the board. You guys have done each hit big numbers. If you had to nail it down to one thing or a, a few things, right. What, 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 what does it take in your opinion? And then I know Man. besides, you know, work hard, study hard, be coached. Well, I know those are like the, I think, the I think, uh, I think Asia and I are probably going to have the same, the same answer. Oh, if I, if I, if <laughs> I know you well enough, but go ahead. Me? Yeah. <laughs> Were you going to say what competitive nature? Well, man, I, I've been asked this question so many times. And when I'm interviewing students for a program, some people will ask me that. It's like, well, what do you look for in candidates? You know, and I'm like, man, I just really want to work with people that have a desire to grow. And if you have a desire to grow and to learn and to be a little bit better every day, this program is so perfect for you. You know, you get to develop your skills, you get to develop your character, and you're you're not only growing, you're helping everyone around you grow. And you're making an incredible impact on not just you, but the your organization, the other student leaders, the first years, and then all the families in the summer that you actually get to help and impact. And so I love that. And then when I'm thinking about like someone like Kenzie Jensen or someone like Logan Merritt, I think that they they just had a lot of confidence. I think Logan Merritt just had a bunch of confidence in himself and his abilities and, you know, nothing was going to phase him. He was unfazable. And Kenzie Jensen had the Godfidence. You know, she yeah. uh, she had unbelievable, unwavering faith in the Lord and that the Lord was going to provide and that the Lord was going to direct her path and put her in front of families that she could help. And it was just so fun to coach her, you know, her first summer. She just had that Godfidence every day, no matter what happened. So those would be my couple things. Danny, over to you. Daniel? Yes, I knew it. Yeah, I thought that would be Asha's answer. I, I would agree. I think I think Mort Utley said it best when he said, you've got to have a burning desire. Right? <laughs> so true, man. I I think I, I heard of Vaco, who's, um, who's actually who we named our son after, Vaco, right? That's his namesake. He's a director over in the European division. Uh, but Vaco, I remember I was listening to one of his parts talking about first years. And he says something that I just like, so true. He goes, you can't be the number one rookie if you don't want to be. You can't be the number one rookie if you don't want to be. And it's so true. It's like you, you have to have, and the, 
you know, Kinsey, when I look at Logan, when I look at those, you know, Jacob Flores, the, kid, the kids that we worked with that have been the number one, like they all have the desire. And like, like you said, Grant, like the competitiveness, like, yeah, even Blake Rose, right? Blake this last summer, he was going to be the number one rookie. This kid was the number one for the all weeks, every week of the pace center. He was number one, number one, number one. No one was really catching up to him. And unfortunately he had to, he had to cut his summer short to seven weeks, which is the only reason he wasn't number one. Um, but he still managed to be number six with just seven weeks, which is That's pretty wild. incredible. Pretty mm-hmm. incredible. Number six with seven weeks. But but again, Blake, like he just he had it like from the get go. Like I remember training him. He's like, I'm I'm gonna be number one. Like that's my goal and um I think that's such a big factor. Uh, you know, I love what Asia said too about the confidence, but I just see that just having a burning desire to to wanna do it is is that's a that's a that's a uncompromisable factor, if you will. Like you need that uh, to to really excel, in my opinion. Grant, what about you? I mean, you've seen some crazy. Like, I mean, Brian Wilson, Matt, just, just people who are just ungodly talented at this particular thing. What would you say? Yeah, uh, definitely agree with the confidence, but uh, the, that that gets you, you know, maybe in the upper probably. 30%, I'd say maybe of the salespeople, but the, the top 10%, you know, the 10,000 plus people, the, the Brandon Q's, the Yvette Keisters, the Station Millers, uh, some, you know, the Atchison's, Wilson's I got to work with. Yeah, it was all this like, no one's going to outwork me. No one's going to beat me. No one's going to, you know, they just, they just stay out late, start early, just that competitive nature to try and be number one, sometimes with just themselves. But then with other people too, though directly, you know. Uh, so yeah, yeah, kind of combination yeah. of those things. But okay, yeah. Okay, last question, and this can get into the stories now. This is a good segue for you guys. Who was that person? You know how uh, uh, Bill Zizzy talks about this in his advanced sales. Where he's like, "There's no way I'm going to let that guy. No matter what happens, I'm going to have one more unit than that guy." <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Who was that person for yeah. you in your careers as you guys were going along the business? Oh, that's easy for me. So there's two people that come to mind when you said that. Number one was Asia, of course. When I started dating her, I'm like, come on. I'm not going to let my girlfriend beat me. I can't do that. I can be a wuss. No offense, Asia. Obviously, Asia, you know, her first two summers, she kicked my butt. But then when we started dating, I'm like, there's no way I can let her beat me again. Like, that's embarrassing. I got to I gotta pay for dinners. I got to pay for dates. I, I There's no way I'm letting my girlfriend beat me. <laughs> so that was one. And then later on my career, uh, when, when I started to kind of click and really figure this thing out, um, I remember Dylan Buck and I used to just go head to head and uh, we, we would just be super competitive and uh, it was fun going toe to toe with Mr. Buck. Dylan Buck. Uh, by the way, he still hasn't wanted to come on the show. I really want him to be on the show because I think he'd be great. Uh, I know. Just I just know. tell him just tell him that I did it. That'll that'll yeah. be like, like come on, man. It's competitive. Daddy did it. He's done two. We gotta catch up. <laughs> um, Asia, about you, who's who's your no way in hell I'm gonna lose? Um, kind of in a way, you honestly. <laughs> I, I think that my first summer, <laughs> um, Andres, yeah, Andres was definitely a person that trained me a lot of my first summer, and so yeah, when we would talk, Andres, it would just be like. Man, I my goal is to beat you this summer, and I definitely didn't do that, but I tried really hard. 
Um, so that was my first summer. And then let's see my, every other summer after I competed with a lot of the guys in my organization and then in JYD force. So like Jacob Flores, Martin cow, I loved taking their money from contests. There was one, one year I, I beat them. It was like a two out of three, you know, biggest team, biggest, um, maybe team units and personal units or something. And I, I won. And so I got to take their September residuals, which is like, that's a big deal. That's, a, nice. that's the biggest month of residuals. <laughs> Nobody's canceled biggest yet. Month of residuals for sure. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I added like, I, I swear I won so many contests that year. I added like $5,000 to my income. <laughs> um, so Jeez, I just, yeah, I got a lot. I got a lot of, um, satisfaction from beating the guys in our in our company. Boys, boys. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Grant, what about you? Who well, was I your... got I got super lucky, you know, right from day one because Chris Rogers was my student manager, right, and he was one of the top sellers. So I just, you know, tried to emulate and keep up with him, and that took me up to like nine thousand units. I think that's about as high as he ever got. So. Jeez. Yeah. He was a good person to chase. So I got lucky. Dang, that's pretty nice. Now, in in your in you guys' mind and opinion, as you're looking as you look back at your summers, uh, I want to hear each of y'all. And Danny, and I know yours, but I Asia and Grant, uh, I want to hear first door stories, like the very first door that you knocked on, because everybody <laughs> has that story remembered. And Danny, we'll start with you, because because that makes bro. Me... <laughs> oh my gosh, so. I'm not sure if I told this last time, but yeah. So my my first day, Grant, I don't even if you remember this, but my first day, I actually I actually was a walker for my first two weeks mm. of my first summer because I, I actually lost. I, I freaking so do you remember you remember Will Pickering, Grant? Of course you do. I just remember Will. Oh, yeah, well, sure. So I followed him that like before my first day, I showed up late because you know I got out of high school and everybody was already selling. So I showed up like on a random like Thursday or something. And I follow Will Pickering. And while I'm following, I freaking I lose my car keys. <laughs> and they're gone. And they have, like, the special chip in them. So it takes, like, two weeks to, to, to replace it. So I'm a walker. So the first day, I remember Andres was like, all right, looks like we're walking. I'm like, all right. So Andres is driving me to my turf. And it's raining, of course, my first day. And I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> and he drops me off. He's like, that's your door. And I'm like, all right, see you. And I just remember him driving off in his little warm, cozy car. <laughs> and I was like, here we go. You know, 17 years old. I was 17 years old, just ready. I'm like, all right, this is the first door. I go knock on the door that he told me to go knock on because he pointed it out for me. He's like, you're going to start there. I'm like, cool. Well, so I go knock on this door. I knock on this door. I take three steps back and I wait and I'm getting rained on. No one's answering. And I'm like, what the heck? So I knock again, three steps back. No one's answering. I'm like, huh? And I do that thing where you kind of you're not supposed to do, but you look through like the the window shade next to the door to look inside, you know, which you shouldn't do because that's so creepy, right? But I kind of look in and I'm like, what the heck? That's a long hallway. It's just this long hallway. There was no furniture or living room. I'm like, what is going on? So then I'm like, maybe I should ring the doorbell. I'm like, I like it's like my training went out the window. I'm like, I don't know. What do you do if they don't answer? I guess we've, we've been practicing this whole time with them answering. What do we do when they don't answer? So, so then I look at the ring of the doorbell, and when I go press on the doorbell, there's like eight doorbells on the side, and I'm like, what? Why is there eight doorbells? 
And then finally, it clicked that I'm like at a multi-family, like mini apartment complex. And I'm like, what is going on? And I'm like, so so then I'm even more confused because I'm like, do I go in there and knock on every single one? <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm just going to skip it. And I go down the street and I see this lady outside. I'm like, I'm like, and I start noticing that they're all like that whole area. They're all like multifamily. And I see this lady outside taking out the trash, and I, I demo her, and I go, "Is there any single family? Are these all multifamily?" She's like, "Oh, honey, the closest single family area you're gonna find is probably like two miles north of here." <laughs> so here I am on my, I'm on, I'm on my, I, I'm like, "What?" So I'm like, "Shoot!" So I get on my, I, you know, I don't have a car. I'm just using my my Lamborghinis, my my Chevrolet legs, and I'm just like chucking. I'm just like running. Um, but that was like the first gold period of my first day ever. Is just just running in the rain trying to find a door to knock on. Oh man, on your feet of mobiles. <laughs> on my feet of mobiles. Just set me up for success. Yeah, he dropped me off in the multi-family. <laughs> he dropped me off in the middle of the inner city. <laughs> In my defense, I only sold in country the year before, so I had no idea what like residential houses actually look like. I was like, I don't know. Later on, you go, oh, that's totally. You could totally just see it. But I, it was my thirteenth week. I wasn't, you know, I'm the blind here. I was like out here. It just looks nothing like what I did last year. But we're just gonna go for it. That's brutal. Oh man, how'd you make it? Good job, Daniel. Son. Yeah, two customers first day. Wow. I remember what oh this is my next question was the first customer uh, question but okay Asia first door grant first door and then we'll roll back to first customer stories are we do a lot of first here in the show I don't know if you listen to it but yeah um my first door was um yeah an old woman I mean I I wasn't prepared for that either <laughs> I I had my I think Angela my student leader right my best friend from kindergarten she had told me what house to start at and we had like actually gone and seen it the night before so i knew where i was starting it was like seven minutes from my breakfast spot you know eight <laughs> minutes from my hq and like um i like pulled off in this neighborhood and i'm like i guess here we go you know <laughs> and um i went up and knocked and you know she wasn't answering and so i knocked again and i'm like man how long do i wait you know like i gotta move i gotta move i gotta have a sense of urgency <laughs> and um this old lady like cracks open the door you know and she didn't even say anything <laughs> i was like hello <laughs> and she was like what and i'm like um, <laughs> you know, my name's Aisha burke and i'm selling some educational stuff because i forgot my whole approach i mean it's just like just <laughs> i'm like are you the mom of the house and she's like what and i'm like oh my god <laughs> um i'm like yeah you know i i this is my first day and i'm i'm talking to all the families and she goes i don't know what you're saying and she just closes <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> 7.42 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, literally. It was so early. I think I started oh, at 7.22 Tuesday. or something. I was so close you to guys... my territory. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be a top first year. I'm going to work 14 hours no matter what. Like, I'm starting early. I'm ending late. 
So yeah, like 7.22, I swear, in the morning, I like knocked on this woman's door and yeah, and it didn't get better from there. I honestly hit, I feel feel like I hit 50 houses in the first, first like 30 minutes I was. <laughs> yeah, like, the second mom was like, I'm trying to get my kids off to school and I'm like, okay. And she's like, I don't have time for this. She slams the door in my face and I go to the next one. She's like, what are you doing? I'm working from home. I'm on a conference call. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm just I'm just selling books. And she's like, well, I'm on a conference call. And I'm like, yeah, okay, do you have a minute? And she closed the door in my face. And, you know, oh my God. it was just like door after door after door. Actually, Elena Arndt was going to come follow me in my turf my first day. And so she was going to be there at like 830. And so I'm not kidding. By like 830, I had been to like 50 houses. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I I literally don't know. I'm glad you're here. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, while you were hitting Uh, these 50 doors, Danny was still running to where there wasn't. Danny's still running. Danny's Danny's at this moment. (laughs) Literally, Danny is running to single family homes. I'm out here. I'm out here getting demos. You guys are suffering. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm. I sprinted too, man. Like I was like, I could tell Asia just, you know, Asia like right after this, you know, sales school. You get you're so so cracked up on sales school, and you're just like schedule, 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 schedule. <laughs> you're just like hyper mode. I just remember sprinting my ass off. Good oh man, <laughs> Grant, what was your first store? Um, uh, very non-eventful. Uh. Curtis was following me. I was hoping he was going to go do the first one, but of course he made me go do it like a good manager. I couldn't eat <laughs> breakfast to start, you know, because I was so nervous that the, the Wendy's, that was our breakfast place we found, the Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back now. Wendy's. We're not sponsored uh, by Wendy's, but we could be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, so, knock. yeah, lady in her gown comes to the door, and, you know, what do you want, and what nobody wants you here you know and i'm like uh okay and that was it and then she you know she slowly shut the door because i couldn't think of the second approach or really anything and so i turn around i just look at curtis and i'm like what i do wrong and he's like get in the car that's that's all he said all day long i kept trying to get some pointers out of him right like this is not working teach me oh great one and all he would say all day long is like, get in the car. Who's next? <laughs> get in the car. I don't want to punch him. But uh, yeah, that, that reminds me too, though, what you asked about why top first years are top first years. Because like both Danny and Asia were just so dang coachable that the thought of this sucks and what the hell am I doing out here? This is this is the dumbest thing on the planet. Nobody wants me here. Didn't enter their mind, right? What entered their mind was who was next. And, and that's what... For some reason, some people that clicks with, right? And some it doesn't, right? Because half the first years experience Asia's first hour and they're calling home and packing their things later that day, you know? So I don't know what yeah. that magic is. Must, you know, good parenting or something. Adversity in life before they came to the book field and then some uh, some just diehard coachability or something. That's a big factor too. And I Gosh, that's so true. That. I can speak to that specifically because of the I, I was as I was training both Danny well Danny Danny's training was 
here and there <laughs> going into a summer. But I know, for example, from an Asia standpoint, it, it just was, she was always the first one at the weekly meetings. She was always the last one out. She was the one that had her sales talk memorized. And in it of itself, that necessarily doesn't guarantee success because we've had plenty of first years. All of us probably have had first years in our teams that had it all figured out and they, they too, they quit, right? But I don't know, they're just, it just, that was something I remember with both of you guys going into your first summer that I'm like, I, it, you just never worry about you guys going home there was never like a that wasn't even like an option that i mean i thought about it but it, i'm like there's no way especially danny because you're like you're, you're not going home bro i'm keeping you here until you're yeah no, I, yeah it's just it doesn't even cross my mind it really didn't cross my mind like i remember like crying and frustrated i remember you told me you're i was gonna cry and I, I i don't really for anyone that knows me i just don't cry like I almost wish I did. That'd be kind of nice to know what that feels like, right? But <laughs> I just don't cry. And, and I remember you were like, you're going to cry. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm not going to cry. And I remember it was like week two. Yeah, week two. I remember like punching my steering wheel so frustrated and just a little teardrop. Just, and then, then I and then I ate it because I'm like, I'm not crying. But yeah. I have, but you had a car. <laughs> but I did have a car by then. So that was nice. But. But yeah, yeah. that's my mind. Unlike Danny, I cried every day, all day. You know, my first yeah, week. But Aisha, you cry watching a dog poop. <laughs> like you'll, you'll cry. <laughs> oh my god! Aisha, Aisha, we're like cries. polar opposites. Yeah, yeah. Aisha, if a dog starts squatting, Aisha's like, nature is beautiful. Like just. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I definitely um, called you that every night my first week and was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not good at this. How is this ever going to get better? Yeah. That's uh, crazy. I was definitely a crier. I still am a crier. So you're Dude, right. I, I, I remember coming home. Do you remember me coming home at the end of the first Saturday, my first week, and counting <laughs> up my units? Dude, so I don't know if I ever told you this story, Grant. I think I've told you, H, but that was like the, the first week that I, like, Argus and I obviously really close growing up together. And, you know, brotherly love. It's like, oh, it's just my brother. But this was, like, the first time I gained, like, a, a another tier of respect for Andres. I remember it was, like, it was yesterday. Because, like, I, I, I came home. And this is back when we had the bar, the physical bar. Oh, yeah, the paper mm-hmm. So it's, like, Saturday night. Just wrapped up my first week. I'm, like, adding up all my units. And I remember I, I added up my units. And I was, like, all right, I got 72 <laughs> units this week. All right. And, you know, back back in 2013, I was like $5 profit back in 2013, right? But I remember thinking, all right, 72 units, cool. And then I looked at Andres was like standing in the same room with me. And I'm like, wait, what was your best week last summer? And he goes, oh, like 800 something. <laughs> and I just remember my, <laughs> just the stark realization that I had. I was like, what <laughs> in the world? that's crazy that's not even possible uh but yeah man that was like i just remember going dang that's nuts so that was fun that was a fun time yeah (laughs) one of the funniest hqs um okay we're gonna take a quick pause here we're gonna do a quick shout out to some of our partners but while we're doing this there's gonna be a video playing in the background and one of them is southwestern real estate so i will uh mention that in just a second um but uh you guys think of your first customer and think about that that story and when we get when we come back we'll be on with that so give it a second 30 seconds one sec awesome hey guys pedro vega with cardinal senior benefits i'm talking about lifestyle and what this industry 
allowed me to do. You know, I got used to making six figures, but it was how much time did it take to do that? And that's basically the same thing with anything you do. It's not just how much money, but how much mental and emotional energy and time does it cost for you to make that money? This business allowed me to make more money than I had ever made with more time than I'd ever had with my family, my wife, my kids. I mean, it really was life changing. And I'm, I'm think, uh, thankful I've been able to share that with others. So guys, hope you guys enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you so much. Hey, that was Pedro Vega. Thank you so much, Pedro. Um, and then another partner of us wanted to mention in, in person is Southwestern Real Estate. Big shout out to Pat Roach uh, for being a, one of the earliest supporters of the show. Uh, Grant, you were get to work with Pat every day, so that's that's going to be a lot of fun. But if you guys are looking for a game plan as far as a career, that's going to give you a lot of flexibility, but then be able to earn you the enough income to provide and to grow as a person, look no further. Uh, Southwestern Real Estate is one of those places, 99% drama free as their shirts say. And of course, uh, one of the best things that Pat likes to talk about when he's on the show with us and when he's talking to me is just about the growth that the business is having. You guys are across eight different states now, Grant? Eight? Yep, sounds good, about right, yeah. Yeah, and if you're not in the state that they are in, you can always open up a new territory like Grant did over in Nebraska. Uh, so for more information on that, you guys make sure you click the links below if you want more info on both of those opportunities. And now we're gonna go back to the show um, all right. So I want to hear about the, the, first of all, is everybody doing okay on time? Asia, are you good with your meeting? Grant, do you, is your milk making you? <laughs> mm, if you guys have not tried. Where'd you get milk, blue milk, man? Really tried blue milk, dude. Is that from Kentucky? No, it's from Tantooine. You know, Star That's... Wars, the, the. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you, you had the movie night. My friend doesn't like you. I don't like you. You know, he's just Luke's in there just trying to drink his blue milk and, you know, uh, keep to his peace. And Classic. Put, yeah. Pop it up on there, Amy. Pop it up. <laughs> she find that. Oh, oh, look at that. Blue oh, milk, also known as bantha milk. Female. Oh, produced by female banthas. 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 Oh, I thought it was in the Tantooine. My bad. See, I'm not a good enough nerd. That was in the soda. That's gross. I'm not drinking this crap anymore. Yuck. <laughs> Grant That's became a Star Wars vegan. Yes. You should put some calories on that thing. When you, I, I just had this thought when you guys were talking about your first doors, but can you imagine someone knocking on your door at 7.20 in the morning trying to sell you some books while you're on it? <laughs> now at where you're at in your life and be like what are you doing <laughs> on a saturday morning yeah well yeah that's crazy i'd be pretty impressed though i know same i mean you you give them the respect right in my head I'm, yeah, I, like, I, I told i told brie when we got married like just last year and we were like starting to figure out our finances and putting together like that plan and i was like so you know you know you need your emergency fund you need your you know, intermediate fund and you need like your retirement fund. And I was like, we also need one more fund. And this is going to be, we're going to keep like $5,000 in it. And this is going to be our door to door person fund where <laughs> oh, if someone yeah. comes to the door, we are buying whatever it is. You're going to have it. Yeah. Dinner, water. <laughs> if it's a vacuum, we'll buy it. If it's the knives, we'll buy it. If they're books, we're going to get two sets oh. and donate them. Like that, that, that became for me, I'm like, we got to pay it forward. There's no way. Even yeah, if it's dude. a scam, it's like, all right, man, tell me the scam. Just tell me the magazines Gross. or whatever. Paint house, whatever it is. What are you scamming? AJ, AJ Skalski, um, 
AJ Skolski has a sign on his door that's what does it say, Asia? It's like what solicitors oh, welcome. Solicitors <laughs> welcome, yes. Solicitors yeah. welcome. It's so good. We need to get one of those. Because yeah, yeah, our neighbors have like those no solicitors. And I'm like, what are you doing? And they're like, Oh, you know. They're like super nice, you know. It's like that's why we knock on no solicitors' doors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Like all, like our next door neighbor. I mean, she has a no soliciting sign. She's a total buyer. Like she would totally. She's buy such her. a buyer. She's such a buyer. All no soliciting means means I don't trust my spouse. Yes. To not buy anything. <laughs> that's all that means. Hey, catch me when I'm alone. That's, that's right. all that means. Yes. <laughs> my my means- my spouse cannot control themselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh man okay all right sorry so that was a total tangent okay back to first door uh first customers do you guys remember these i i i love telling the story so i'll jump in on this one um but uh we'll start again we'll go asia danny grant and then i'll i'll tell you all mine first customer the first because like, you remember that feeling right let me just walk you back when you get out of the house and you're like, holy shit, it works. <laughs> you, you told your sales talk, you butchered the clothes, right? Or whatever. You didn't really know how to ring them up. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll take a set. And you're like, what? Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, I was just doing some trainings today and talking about my first day and my first sit down and then my first customer, you know? So um it's so funny because my morning went like that like i was just like running around like a chicken with my head cut off and i finally found someone that wanted to sit down with me and i forgot everything i mean i literally i i sat down and i just kind of like paused and i'm like okay, i guess i should say something now <laughs> um and so i was like let me think about what i would say first like sorry this is my first day um, and then, you know, I just like totally rolled over them. I just like steamrolled my whole sales talk and like, didn't ask any questions, probably didn't listen at all. Um, and so that was fun. So I actually got like a couple sit downs out of my way before I had my first customer cause she didn't buy. Um, but yeah, I ended up knocking on this door and, um, yeah, this mom answers and I, I hadn't actually talked to someone in a while. Like I had gone a few doors without like talking to anyone. And so I knocked on this door and she answered and she was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, Hey, I'm um, showing meditation stuff. And she was like, Oh, cool. Is it for like five-year-olds? And I was like, yep. And she's like, come on in. And I'm like, great. <laughs> and so I, like, wow. went and I sat at this little breakfast table, you know, it was like a little one, like by her counter with two seater, you know, and um yeah it was so funny i mean i didn't know anything that i was saying and i just kind of i i don't remember if i did an introduction like i probably didn't i just probably said like yeah this is what i'm showing and i got out my my slicks and my sample book and um you know i like go through the whole thing and she was just like wow this is incredible you know like my my son would love this and i was like yeah it's pretty cool and um, and I, I kind of did a, this is how it grows up with the kids, you know? And she's like, so how much is it? And I was like, that's a great question. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I'm like, like, what do you, what do you like? You know, like, what do you, what are you interested in? And she's like, I love the whole thing. And I'm like, wow, really? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, let me get my price list. 
And so I like get in my bag and I'm like looking for my price list and I'm like, I don't have my order book. I don't have like anything in my bag. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I'm like, you know what? Like, I, I think it's around like $400 or something. So um, <laughs> I, I'm just going to run out to my car and get my order book and then I'll be right back. And so I like run out to my car, get my order book, get my price list. I come back in and I'm like, yeah, it's actually like $389. Um, that's not bad, is it? And she was like, that's not bad at all. And I'm like, great. You know, and I'm like, so she's like, yeah, do you guys take check, card? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I mean, check works best. And she's like, cool, great. So she goes and gets her checkbook, writes me a check. And I got my order book, wrote, wrote her an order. And I'm like, wow, that was incredible. You know, took a picture, posted it on my page and went on my merry way. I walked out the door and I'm just like, wow can't believe that works. <laughs> like I just, I was like yeah. flabbergasted, you know, it was just like one of those things where I did nothing right. I did absolutely nothing right. The only thing I did right was just showing up with a great attitude. <laughs> like I just, I was excited to talk to this mom that wanted to talk to me, you know? So anyway, that was my first customer. Yeah. God, gotta love it. Nice. Classic. Yeah, I mean, mine, mine's pretty, pretty similar. Just, you know, luckily, you know, fast forward to my running through the rain, I finally found some residential homes. <laughs> and I actually, I was so worried about not getting my 30 demos. I would even, I even like stopped to knock on a couple of those multifamily people on the way and, you know, just got rejected left and right. And, and it finally cleared up. It was like around noon. And yeah, I ran into this dad. This guy comes out, he's wearing like, this polo with like blue polo with the, the police academy. So he was in the police academy. He's a single dad and his uh, name is Andrew Whitaker. I still remember him. And Andrew sat down. He had like two girls or something like that and went through the whole thing. And just like Asia just botched all of it, just kind of like showing him. And he's like, just, just like any rookie. I'm sure that's everyone's first customer. And they're like, yeah, I'll take that whole thing. And I'm like, cool. And he's, it's like, do you take credit cards? And that's a tricky one because, you know, back when we used to take the order books, you know, I wish I would have just said check, but he's like, do you take cards? I'm like, I think we do, you know, like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so he's like over here and he's like, all right, so we're like, do you swipe it or what do you do? And I'm like, um, I can't, I don't know. I don't know how do you do that, but <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think I'm supposed to, <laughs> I think I'm supposed to write it down on my notepad. He's like, really? That's interesting. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah. So, do you remember? Yeah, it was super sketchy. So, do you remember the order books? So, there were three different layers of the order books, right? And the first yeah. layer, you could fill out their info, but then the second layer is where you put their credit card because then the first layer would cover it, so you yeah. you couldn't see the credit card. So yeah. it, the credit card number would not be exposed on the front; it would be hiding behind the second sheet. Well, it took me like three weeks to figure this out into my summer. <laughs> And I finally figured out, like, into my third week that you're supposed to write it under the second one to hide the numbers. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it just, it was a wreck. And so, yeah, he, he took the order. I'm like, okay, I think you keep this receipt. I take that one. Okay, whatever. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll see you in August. He's like, cool, I'll see you in August. And that was it. And I'm like, all right, who's next? And then I just kept running. <laughs> but, yeah, that was my first one. Cop name, Mr. Whitaker. Pop, Grant, what about cop. you? 1991 take us back 22 well, years that's before any of you were born so i can't remember it. 
That's actually that's actually true. I'm too that's old. Actually accurate. Uh, I do recall it was still with Curtis. Um, it was a grandma, and I did the approach, and she stops me and said, "Well, come in." And I turn around to Curtis. I'm like, "I'm not supposed to go in, am I?" Because you know you don't go in on grandmas, right? Waste of time. I'm just like, "No, it's okay." Uh, I was just wondering if you could tell me where some kids are. She's like, "No, come in, come in." <laughs> So we go in. I'm like, I do not want to go in, right? Because I know this is wrong. This is wrong. We're not supposed to go in on grandmas. But uh, she ended up buying a, the cookbook, right? Because, of course, she had no kids the right age group anymore, grandkids or whatever. So she bought the cookbook. But, of course, she didn't trust me. So she didn't put anything down. And I had, like, three or four more customers that same day, uh, all week orders, right? So, of course, I just thought I was doing it wrong. This doesn't work. No one's. Do people really give you money, Curtis? And of course, he's like, "Sure, sure." If people will give you money, and I'm like, "Wow, what am I doing wrong?" So, <laughs> three or four—that's pretty good. That's pretty good first day. Yeah, I even sold like, at all. The, the study guide, the VLs, a couple times, but again, it was all week. So, especially on a follow day, man. If I had a first year do three or four on a follow day, I'd be like, "Wow, this guy's stud." Yeah, I had potential. Really? I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, and you exceeded that potential. You, 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 uh, you became the legend that you are. Um, you, you, you collected some cash. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I think my first week oh, I had like twenty-five customers, and like three of them were solid. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> that's incredible. Oh, that's yeah, and of course, all the managers were like, "Oh, whisper, whisper." Oh, he. And I'm just like, I, because everybody beat me in solid units, right? So I was like, not at the end of the recognition circle. I was like one of the first guys out. I'm just like, ah, this sucks. Boo. But you know, wow. slow learner. Jeez. Oh man. Um, my first customer, I love telling this story because it was the funniest. It just shows that there's ponies everywhere. There's a pony with, uh, you know, mine was just, I saw the pony first and then waded through the manure. It was on our way to the sales territory. I hadn't, we hadn't gotten to oh, yeah. the territory yet. So we leave, we leave Nashville on like a Friday, right. From, and to get up to new England. And then we stay Friday night like within a few hours because it's like oh you can't do that trip all in one day so you stop like 12 hours later and usually you if you go the way we went was towards uh erie pennsylvania which is because we were going to upper state new york and so we stay at this hotel next morning we all do our execs which of course it's a, it, to the people who are outside of the exec circle it looks like the weirdest thing in the world and so we're at the parking lot of this hotel and we're all doing like you know because i'm successful blah 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 and then the guy that like one of the people that works at the hotel is this guy who like does like the laundry of the place where he cleans the sheets at this hotel. He comes outside and he's just like kind of looking at us like 10 feet away. And I'm the person nearest to him. And so he's like, what are you guys doing? And so I, I'm like, Oh, I, and I went and talked to him. I'm like, I, we're doing the center chip or we're selling like these books door to door. And we're on our way to, you know, this place. And I'm like, you did said Danny, you know, fired up literally off of the sales school you know, energy. And I'm like, it's gonna be the best summer ever. And we're awesome. And everybody's happy, healthy, terrific, and all this stuff. And he goes, books. <laughs> I go, yeah, they're like books to help kids with homework. And he goes, like with math. And I go, yeah, with math and all sorts of different stuff. He goes, let me see them. And so I just go, 
okay so then i just pull out the, the sample or the yeah i pull out the sample and i start doing the demo i didn't do any report just straight into like all right here we go and he looks at them and he goes this is great i love this. this is awesome and i keep asking him the questions and then i go what everyone likes about and i just start closing him i'm like screw it let's see what happens and he goes great yeah uh, and he fills out the green the, the the green card and at this point since i had just gotten recruited like literally the week before I had no, like, I was just playing catch up a lot of sales school. And so uh, I didn't know how to fill out the order pad. <laughs> and, so, mm-hmm. and so I was like, uh, one second. So I go over to Steve and I'm like, hey, Steve, he's my manager. <laughs> I go, hey, Steve, uh, this guy just bought books. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, he <laughs> wants to give me a check, but I don't know how to write this up. He goes, what? And so I had to like explain it to Steve Kimmel. He helps me fill out the order pad. And then he hands me a check and they're still doing execs. And so <laughs> we go back to the circle. And, and so he goes, um, okay, if you, this is the first thing he goes, okay, if you have a customer, stay standing up. And then everybody just goes down and I'm like, I did it. And that was my first customer. <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. That was cool. <laughs> And actually, Danny, you were with me when we went and delivered because he was like my yeah. last delivery. I remember we stopped. We were on the way back to Nashville. We stopped at this janky little hotel. I'm like, what the heck are we doing here? We're collecting drugs. And he goes, no, I got to deliver to this guy. I'm like, what do you mean you got to deliver to this guy? <laughs> that was his first customer. The guy gives him cash and I have him books. And he's like, wow. what the hell just happened? It's <laughs> yeah, funny. Oh, that was a good time. That was a good time. Yes. Um, All right, guys. We're going to go into what we call the Will Metro Rapid Fire questions now. Uh, These are going to be like more like targeted questions about your time in the book field. And then if you could each after that close with like your favorite memory, story, or legacy uh, wisdom that you want to pass on to any leaders listening to this that they're like, all right, I want to learn this leadership stuff. Maybe you uh, talk a little bit about that. Usually people tell us their favorite story from their summer. Funniest customer, something crazy that happened. We've heard of all. So uh, think about those. This is going to help you jog your memory. So this is what we call the rapid fire questions. And these ones, this episode are brought to you by Will Metcher and Southwestern Consulting. So question number one, and we'll go in counterclockwise. So we'll start with Grant and then Danny and then Aisha. But question number one, what was your favorite turf that you ever sold in? Not kind of turf. We'll get to that one. But favorite like state and or city and or county school district that you sold in? uh probably out in fredonia and uh middle, mm. middle of nowhere new york yeah new york's special place, special mm. place. danny that's good uh probably this little town uh the swansea school district which is troy new hampshire mm, that's some good territory <laughs> territory asia um my my first one that came to mind was canton connecticut love that place like i literally looked up houses on zillow after the summer and like wanted to move there (laughs) so many cool moms i mean i i cried because i have to had to start delivering i was so i was so sad to go i still had like half of my town left and i felt like i was leaving all my friends behind you know (laughs) so she's a crier yeah, I did cry. Mm-hmm. I probably mm-hmm. Grant <laughs> complained about it. Damn right. All right. And then favorite kind of turf. So big brick, country, middle income country, trailer parks, way spread out country. Grant. 
Uh, yeah, middle-income country for sure. Yeah, you know, we might have to remove this question because everybody says that, except every once in a while, someone says "big brick." Oh my god, Danny. Um, gosh, yeah. I mean, who doesn't love that? That's good stuff. Um, <laughs> that's good stuff. <laughs> Amy, I think we have to remove this question because everybody says. In fact, it makes you wonder why we even yeah. sell anywhere else. Yeah. I, I will say, well, I will say, my first well, summer, my my first summer big break was really cool. I, when I was working in uh, uh, Massachusetts, I saw some of the coolest houses, and I I was I I love just just being able to daydream and look at some really awesome houses. Grant, are you tapping? Oh, I'm sorry, my bad. I'm doing some Morse code out there for those that know Morse code. And galaxies far, far away. Um, Aisha, what about you? I'm- <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I uh, agree, but I mean, I've I've worked it all and I've learned to love it all. And every every turf has its beauty, you know. So yeah. I love Canton. Was like, um, yeah, like half of the town was a city, and then half was the you know middle income country type stuff. Um, and so that was really cool. And then my first summer I sold in Foxborough, Massachusetts. And so it was like kind of the suburbs of Boston, but I, it took me like three, three or four weeks to figure out that the Patriots played there. So it's pretty cool. Uh, All the parents were like, not a Patriots place. And I'm like, Oh, what's down there? You know? And they're like, Oh yeah, there's like bars. There's like a ton of bars and restaurants. It's like super cool, you know, um, down on Patriots Place. And I was like, cool, yeah, like I'll have to go check it out, you know. <laughs> Three weeks. Three <laughs> weeks later. You know that Tom Brady played work there. <laughs> I felt yeah. like an idiot, but I was a first year. Okay, I was just trying to go to the next door. Like I didn't know Tom anything. Brady, Tom Brady works right there. Um, nice. All right, favorite advanced sales. Ooh, probably mm. got Dan Moore's. Dan Moore's advanced sales. Yeah. Or is that what you mean? Like which? Yeah, like CD tape. Like or uh, like yeah, Dan Moore one and two. Come on, be more creative than that. Say a lot your purpose. You know that stuff. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Uh, mine is definitely my go-to is uh, good old Matt Atchison. Get off. Aloha. Aloha, this is Matthew Atchison coming to you live from the floor of Yvette's office. With the whoopee cushion? Is that the whoopee cushion one? Uh, yeah, I got a, I got a whoop, I got a hole with the whoopee cushion. Oh yeah, classic. classic. Yeah. Um, I w- I was never a advanced salesperson, so I just like turned my turn my car like radio off. I listened to music like thirty percent of the time during gravy, but. Man, I just don't, I don't know. It was really hard for me to focus and listen to something at the same time, to be honest. Hey, but I love Yvette's. I love Yvette's advanced sales. Danny came out with an advanced sales, which I think would be super helpful. Um, and then I loved the the Lee McCroskey, Dan Moore rendition. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bust and loose, we called it. That was Dan Moore. Yeah. Bust had a bust loose. Yeah, bus well, that one was just fun, like with the birds chirping and. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. song. Classic. So yeah. 
It's yeah, so I love good. Oh, my favorite CD my first summer was the Squid CD, for sure. Like, I memorized all those songs. <laughs> and I literally CD. am still asking for them to put them on Spotify. I'm like, seriously, put the music on Spotify because then I can have Vaco listen to them. And Absolutely. I have no other way. Like, I have no other way to listen to that stuff in the car. So, you know, if y'all are listening, let's get that on Spotify. Um. I liked Mark Rouse when he talks about the football game. Oh, that's a great one too. Mark Rouse. Big animals versus little animals. That's so good. Get it, Toad. Go to work. (laughs) Get it, Toad. Get it, Toad. Go to work. work. That's so good. Yeah, that's solid. All right. Favorite HQ. Oh, dude. I've had some yes, good ones. But probably my favorite was uh, let's see, where we summer is Brian Wilson's first summer. Another guy named Trent Browers was in there. We had a few other in and outs, but it was a uh, I was an OL, so we got a and I knew I'd have a lot of people coming in and out following. So we went with the uh, kind of the little rental house instead of a host family. So it was just us, and uh, yeah, a lot of interesting stories from that HQ. Uh, our breakfast place was across the street. It was called Froggies. It had frogs everywhere. Uh, Wait, where was Wait, this again? Wait, was that Willamance, Connecticut? No, that that was not a good HQ. Um, this was in Rochester, <laughs> New Hampshire. Rochester, New Hampshire, kind of in the corner by Maine. And uh, oh, one time our plumbing, of course, broke. So Trent took a dump in a box, a my phone with words box of mine. <laughs> <laughs> he comes out of the bathroom and says, "What do I do with this?" I'm like, "What do you mean? It's just an empty <laughs> box." He's like, "No, I took a dump in it." And then I'm like, "Just get rid of it." I'm on the phone doing stats, right? Get rid of it. I find out later, he just put it, the house was up on on blocks, right? This rental house was up on blocks. And so he just stuck it under our house. <laughs> so we had this box of poo under our, our house all summer, you know? Oh, gosh. Uh, oh, the other favorite part about that HQ is, so this is Brian Wilson, right? Mr. Overachiever. Every night he would come home and he'd knock on the door to be let in and he'd do the, uh, the credit uh, belongs to the man who's in the arena. He'd recite oh, that it. word for it's word. My favorite quote. Yeah, and then he then he bless us with a box of donuts because on his way home about ten o'clock every night he'd stop by the Dunkin' Donuts. He made friends with one of the uh, workers there, and they'd always give us the leftover donuts. So he'd pick up the leftover donut box on the way home. So uh, it was, it was, that's uh, awesome. It was an interesting HQ. Whoa, holy crap! That's pretty close. What is that place? <laughs> Whoa! Look at that. He found it. Yeah, right that was there. our street. Um, yeah, it was one of these dumpy houses right there. Where's Froggy's? Is that Froggy's? Froggy's is now closed, but it used to now be. Now it's here. called a barber shop or something. What the heck? But yeah, that was kind of. Wow. It, yeah, it's wow. They they moved my house a little bit, but it's, it was in that neighborhood for sure. Wow. <laughs> Where's the house up on blocks? Maybe they actually finished the foundation. I don't know. It could be this way. <laughs> That's great. That's hilarious. It kind of looks like that little gray one right there. Is it this one? Is this did Brian Wilson put poo under here or somebody? No, that was Trent Rose. The Trent Rose oh. poo house. <laughs> oh my god! Still poop under that. Wow. Whoa. So That's bad. Yeah. Dang. What about you, Danny? What was your favorite HQ? Oh, dude, hands down. I, I say I probably had one of the best HQs in the entire company's history, like probably top twenty. So my my. Third summer, I'm, work, I'm, Where I'm, was working, I'm, I'm working upstate New York, and I'm in Rome, New York, with my two first years, and we're living in this little, little like, rundown. Like it was a, it was a camp 
cabin that this alumni owned and he was letting us stay there well after like three weeks he came and visited it while we were out working and when we got home i I got a message from him going this place is a mess you guys gotta get out of here so he kicked us out we got kicked out by an alumni and we're like what in the heck so i i need to start looking for hqs so i'm working in constableville new york uh if you guys want to look that up look up constableville new york constableville new york and i'm that's the school district that i'm working in and i'm i'm working and i sell uh to this mom and she has this high schooler and she's outside pointing me in the right directions and she's giving me pre-approach and telling me where to go next and then she points at the elementary school that's across the street from her house and she goes you should go there they have kids and of course immediately that school right there so if you if you look to the left there's a there's a white house like that house right there i sold the mom right there and and she's pointing across the street going yeah across the street they got kids across the street and i'm like ah ha ha that's funny that's hilarious (laughs) and she's like no 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 you don't understand that's the school that they shut down and of course i've been working there for a few weeks so i I heard about the school that they shut down and that was it and i'm like oh that's the school she goes yeah a family bought that school for seventy thousand dollars they bought that whole building and the whole property <laughs> and they're living in it and they're a homeschool family literally and i'm like get out of here so she's like you should go talk to them so i go and i knock if, if you go up up the street a little bit you'll see there's like their front door i'm like obviously i pull up and i'm like i don't know how to knock on this thing right so do you go to the front do you go to the side and there's a little door right there if you turn look at it that door right there where that car might have to go a little further right there if you zoom in on the side of the building that door right there so <laughs> i knock i have no idea if they can hear me i'm banging on this thing like dum, dum, dum. and i'm waiting i'm like i don't think it's going out and then this lady came out trish comes out and i do my approach she says not interested i'm in a middle meeting second approach third approach nothing nothing and she turns around she's kind of done with me and she's walking inside and i go whoa, whoa, whoa wait hold on totally different question i'm so sorry to bug you this with this but you know i i told her about our situation and how we were looking for housing and i'm like i heard you guys house traveling baseball teams is there any way that you'd be open to host, hosting and of course she goes wow let, let me think about it we meet them on sunday long story short they, they agree to host us and so we lived in that school and it was the coolest thing ever we lived in this elementary school where on the inside they gutted the whole thing and they made it like pinteresty and, and like they remodeled it so we were our room was in this classroom and each classroom had a three king-size beds in it they were all sitting on a pallet with like christmas lights under it i mean it was the coolest thing ever so me and my roommates each had our own king-size bed in this classroom we would shower in the locker rooms uh we had our own basketball courts so every every night we came home and on sundays we shut we would be able to shoot hoops um, and then the, the, the library, they gutted it and they turned it into like a family theater, which is where like where their living room was. It was the coolest thing ever. And of course, I was able to store my books there and everything. I mean, it was wild. It was so cool. That's I felt shit. like I was living in the, you know, like the X-Men house, <laughs> you know, like uh, Dr. Xavier, like the, yeah. the, what's that? The X-Men mansion. Yeah. Yeah. School. Yeah, the, the oh. Xavier Academy. Xavier, yeah, Xavier School it was of, so cool for special learners. Damn, it was really cool. 
That's a that's a pretty good HQ. We haven't we've heard some pretty amazing ones. There was somebody else that also lived in a school. Uh, I can't remember. Amy, if you could put it on the chat, who it was. We had we had a person who lived in a school as well, but it wasn't in New York. And in fact, when that story came up, I was like, wait, is it New York? And they're like, no, it was in Texas or something. But somebody else had done something similar. It's pretty interesting. That's sick. Yeah, they had a pool awesome. too. I think. Um, oh wow. The school had a pool. Um, Asia, what about you? Favorite HQ. Well, I'm not going to be to school. Mine's like just pretty normal, you know, like. No, first your first summer's HQ. I remember if it's yeah, not it was, that oh. I can't. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> I was hoping. It's yeah, it was like what? 17 Jackson Circle, Franklin, Mass. If you're going to look it up. Um, oh, but sick. yeah, I I got so lucky with HQs. I mean, I had four years where I didn't pay anything for rent. Like the families were just super awesome. So my first summer was um, probably the most memorable, but like, you know, Danny and I, when we got married, we lived with um, Jim and Margaret. They were super cool. Um, uh, your favorite HQ isn't the one with your wife? Jeez. Oh, but, uh, yeah, this was, this was like, yeah, <laughs> HQ. I mean, we like, we went to a church, did a church announcement at this um, Methodist church. And John and Margaret came up to us at the end. We had like five families come up to us at the end and be like, yeah, we have an extra room. Like we have an extra bedroom. And then John and Margaret were kind of just like off into the distance and they waited until everyone got done talking with us. And even the church announcement was crazy. Like it was me, my roommate, Lauren, we were both first years and then Angela my student leader. And for some reason, like I, I think Angela was so nervous that I was just like, you know what? I'll do the church announcement, you know? <laughs> and so I like go up to the front and I'm like telling everyone what we're, I'm like, yeah, we're from Nebraska. We're doing this internship up here. Um, you know, we just need somewhere to lay our head, like keep our things. <laughs> we're gone all day. We work really hard, you know, all this stuff. And um, anyway, yeah. So it turned out so well. I was just like, wow, I cannot believe that this works. <laughs> and so <laughs> Um, John and Margaret like, are waiting to talk to us, you know, and they're like, oh, man, we were just like wanted to talk to you so bad. We have this whole basement in our house and, you know, there's a couple bedrooms down there and there's a bathroom and you would have the whole basement. Um, but we'd love to take you out to lunch. And we we're like, great. So <laughs> we go to lunch with John and Margaret and our OL Elena comes down and you know, meets us during this dinner because Angela was just a second year student leader, you know, so I'm sure she wanted to check it out. And uh, gosh, they were so great. I mean, they didn't want us to pay rent. We had the whole basement to ourselves. Angela kept running over their lawn and, you know, they're just like, hey, can you please stay on the driveway? You know, because if you look at that place, it's like a really nice neighborhood. And he's just like, come on, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, they even had like a screen and porch that I did like my hour to myself and cook my frozen pizza, you know, all and the they things. You guys and then, food, right? What? They cook you food and all that jazz? Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't even say that. So the first night we're there, they literally buy lobster and we have like this oh lobster, you know, and <laughs> while Danny's like, still running in the rain. So every weekend, we had, yeah, literally, this is the difference between women and men, right? Um, but yeah, like every Sunday they cook, cooked us dinner. And then every weekend, um, Margaret would actually buy us a bunch of groceries. Like she'd buy us like 
strawberries and Nutella and like all these snacks. What the heck? What in the world? Better off. She she was Colombian, so she was an awesome Colombian mom. Um, So that's awesome. Uh, Foreshadowing. Yes, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. And what was the other cool thing? Oh my gosh, at the end of the summer, my parents flew up to meet them. And so they were going to drive back to Nashville with me. And um, John and Margaret, John took me into Boston and showed me around his office. And then we Jeez. went to, um, we went whale watching with my parents. So John took us whale watching. Like after I, you know, delivered all my books and we were like getting ready to go back. He's just like, can we go whale watching together? And I'm like, uh, yes, please. You know, my parents. Asia, Asia and- can't be the person that tells kids about how HQs are. Yeah, because it's just like we we had we had we had different summers, you and I. (laughs) Also, we we poop in box. (laughs) (laughs) It was so fun. We were whale watching. Okay. (laughs) uh, Lobster on the first night, like, whoa, it's gonna be a tough summer. Get over it. And you cried. You still cried after that. Come on now. They literally stayed up till two a.m. with me doing my green cards because I didn't know I needed to do that. Oh my god. So John was like helping me, you know, he's like, wow. I feel like you're really tired. And I'm like, yeah, man, I just like, I'm, I don't even know what I'm doing right now. And he's like, let me help Unreal. you. You know, like, no, let me help no. you. No, no, no. no. Um, all right. We still have like three of these rapid fires. Okay. Uh, favorite product to sell or tack on. Mm. Uh, just Money. Volume libraries, baby. <clears throat> the good old VLs. Mm. Dude, my favorite thing to, to sell, like, this is a retro question, but back in the day when we had those CD-ROMs, oh, dude, I used to love selling those, man. The 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 Dora the Explorer one and the yeah, uh, the, the typing, typing Typhoon. Yeah, dude. Oh, that was so fun. We used to sell those CDs. That was really fun. I loved selling the one through four products with the reading complement to the set, the Explore and Learn. Sorry, it's all like the one through four with Explore and Learns. Classic. I always like the CAA. Maybe. I think the CAA was like, that was the first product that came out that I was like, this is actually underpriced, like, I think, yeah. personally. But um, okay, best sales day. Now, this can be in units. Or this could be in just like the day that you're like, man, that was my favorite day, or this is the day I almost quit but didn't, or something. It could be like a that you just really remember fondly, um, or it could be your best day in units. It's your call. Uh, this might have been my third summer. Uh, had a rookie follow me, Marty Ramsey. He was having a rough go of it, so you know I was trying to show him that it did work. Stick around, don't give up. And anyway, we had like. I can't remember if it was 10 or 11 customers in a row, like a 300 unit day, you know, by far my best day of my career at that point yet, you know, one of them was even so funny where I knocked at the house, the kid was not home. The kid was, you know, 10 blocks away at mom's house or his friend's house. You just get on a roll with your confidence, right? I'm like, well, mom, could you call, you know, your son, get him down here, tell him it's important, you know? We got to show him some stuff that's going to help him with school. So mom just does, right? She calls him. Kid comes down because we needed the kid, right? And, of course, Marty's just sitting there. What? This is not the experience <laughs> of selling books, right? Um, that was a fun day. That was, that was a good day. It was fun. Oh, uh, fun. 
Oh, sales day. Uh, probably the one, a really memorable one was being able to take a bite out of my Mort muffin. Mm. That was a very memorable Oh, my day. God. That's so bad. Mort. That was very, oh, so bad. So, so back in the day, I, um, I couldn't, I don't know how this got started. I, you know, it obviously started with Grant because, um, so oh, that's what it was. So, so Wait, my six summer. Banana my, first. My, yeah, well, my sixth summer. No, I didn't. I never had one. My my sixth summer, my first week, I hit PC, and my sixth summer, I started this really cool and fun PC streak, and I ended up hitting PC for thirty weeks in a row, right after starting my first week, and it got to a point where it got pretty frustrating because I was trying to hit more, and I could never hit more. I could never figure it out. I'd always hit PC, 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 and it got super frustrating, and so I remember calling Grant, going. Dude, how do I freaking break this this belief? How do I get to more? And he goes, "Well, have you thought about a Mort muffin?" And I'm like, "What the fudge? What what is a Mort muffin?" He's like, "Well, I used to have a PC banana, but you obviously don't need that." And I'm like, "What's a PC banana?" He's like, "Well, the first time I ever hit PC, and you, I mean, you you told me the story, Grant. You could probably tell it better. What's a PC banana?" <laughs> Yeah, let's go with Grant. What's a piece of banana? We'll go back. I'd like to hear your version of it, but I put a banana on my dashboard, uh, you know, starting Monday, and I wasn't gonna take it down till I hit PC, right? But it took me till week three that summer. Oh, in the summer, PC. Yeah, it was was all black and kind of gooey and <laughs> melting into my dashboard, but it still tasted a little bit like a banana, but it was very good. It was probably my favorite banana. <laughs> yeah, so Grant told me that story. He told me that exact story, and I'm obviously laughing my ass off. I think this was on a Sunday. This was on a Sunday, like, you know, I can't remember what point. And so the next day, I'm like, and so you're like, hey, you should try getting like a Mort Muffin or something. And I'm like, all right, screw it. So I had this girl following me the next day. Kim Klein, actually. And I remember calling her, I'm like, hey, Kim, before you come to, for me to pick you up, go get me a muffin. That's the only thing I want you to bring me. If you want to follow me, you need to bring more muffin. You need, to, you need to get a muffin. And she's like, uh, okay, that's weird. So she comes up, she's like, here's your muffin. And I put it in a little Ziploc bag and I tape it, duct tape it on my dash. And it stayed there. That was my sixth summer, like middle of the summer. It was like week five, summer number six. And I'd love to share the story like Grandit just, yeah, and then the next week I hit more. Nope. That whole summer I didn't hit more. And so I left it on my dash for the entire rest of that next school year. Wow. So that whole <laughs> next school year, it just stared at me in the face all semester, all fall, all spring, into next summer. And then I finally hit more like week five of the following year. So it was literally on my dash for a year. And I just remember hitting more like at 8 PM at night on a Saturday and grabbing that thing, pulling it out of the sack. And I took a bite out of it. (laughs) Uh, uh, It was the most, it was the most delicious bite ever. And uh, yeah, I took a picture of it and sent it to Grant, sent it to Yvette. Um, It was great. That was pretty awesome feeling. Damn. That's gross. Hey, Sean, what's your favorite sales thing? <laughs> <Atta> boy, Danny. <clears throat> Mine um, was probably in New York, and I was working this Delta, Dalton Nunday school uh, town, Keshequa School District or something. 
And it was the end of Tournament of Champions. And so, um, you know, Ryan came out with the standings and the the bracket. And I was like, man, I, again, I thrive when I compete against men, I guess. And so um, I was actually, I found out that I was going up against Shane Blick. And I was like, man, Blick's having like a really great week. And so I was like doing the math in my head, you know, definitely a math person overanalyzing the situation. But I, I knew like going into my Saturday that I, if I hit over 300 units, then I would probably win, you know? And I was like, man, that would be so epic if I literally hit over 300 units on a Saturday and t- take Shane Blake down, you know? And so, um, so yeah, I mean, I literally just jammed the whole day. I, I swear I had 14 sit downs, 11 customers, and then hit like 314 or something. And Jesus. everyone was just buying stuff, you know, and it's, I was just like unstoppable. And it was like this, the school district was like all country roads, you know, I'd like turn on the next road and I'd see a house on the hill and I'm just like, wow, this is the next family that's going to buy from me. This is awesome. You know? And like kind of just floating through my day. I was listening to um, the song dissect a bird. If you haven't listened (laughs) to it, you should totally go listen to it. And um, on repeat for 14 hours. (laughs) It was like, you know, like it, it gives you perspective. And I was just like jamming in my turf, listening to dissect a bird. And yeah, it was just, it was just epic. And I finished my day and I'm just like, wow, I'm such a badass, you know, like that was a, that was a huge confidence anchor for me. And I took down Shane. So I got, you know, my ego got puffed a little bit and got to gloat a little bit with Shane. And (laughs) that was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. One for the ladies. Got it. When you're in a flow like that, that's a good feeling. You're just like, hey, I am not gonna miss. And just and when miss. you're in a direct sales organization that's like really run by men, you know, you gotta <laughs> you gotta hold your own. Shots fired. I'm not shooting shots. I'm just like, I'm just saying that you know, like us women, we gotta stick together. So matrix no i, I yeah you, you you go um all right two more rapid fire questions uh what was your favorite breakfast spot froggies <laughs> yes wow <laughs> favorite breakfast spot and why was oh. it not billy shoes your second summer da- your first summer danny is that what the name of that place was i think it was called billy shoes no billy shoes but my was my first summer what was that? I can look it up. I'll pull it up. I'll try to find it where it was. Yeah, that uh, one was pretty awesome. That was, that was pretty cool. I'd have to think for that one. Aisha, do you have one that comes to mind? Mine was Sharon's Cafe. I can't remember if that's what it was called, but it was in Attica, New York. And um, she she was the owner, and she literally gave us, like, Doritos, Gatorade, like, all these snacks. Every what the day. heck, dude? What is she going would, on? She would even make us French toast, like, at least two or three times a week, just to, like, wow. create our table. And then her bathroom had at least 12 options of hand lotion and like incense. And it was just, it was incredible. Like Sharon, and then Sharon gave me tickets to Six Flags at the end of the summer. So. Oh Oh my gosh. (laughs) You can't even make Um, that stuff up. Amazing. 
<laughs> yeah, amazing. I get what gum on my cheese at my breakfast man? place, not six flags. Jeez. I think this was our place, Danny. Was it the spot? Yeah, that's like it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's that's the spot. And we have a um, I have a picture on my Instagram. Yeah, of us in there. Of us in there. Um, yeah, honestly, though, my my favorite breakfast spot, as fun as that one was, was probably my last summer with Asia. And you know, obviously, when you're married, you get to live together, and. It was really cool because we got to live in, like, this apartment, just me and her. We didn't have a host family. And so our breakfast spot was we would just wake up like a normal, like, normal <laughs> humans and make breakfast. What? And it was just super nice. Oh, that's cool. It, it was cool. It was just – it just felt like like just normal life with my wife. And it was – it just kind of brought a lot of normalcy to the job. I really enjoyed that. Dang. Mm. I appreciate that. Um, and then last question of rapid fire before we go into some ponytails is what was your favorite follow day? Now, Grant, you just shared a follow day story, which was your best sales day. So I don't know if you can pick another follow day that you had a blast with while you think of that. Mm. Maybe we'll go to Danny. Um, favorite follow day. Um, uh, well, I remember, I mean, there's a few, oh man, there's a few that come to mind. There's a, there's the Bruce one. There's working with you and seeing that old old naked lady you remember that one? Oh my god dude yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that was something i remember so i don't know if i ever told you the story grant but andres and so his last summer when he we were working together he came and followed me and my turf and we're working and we go up this like long driveway and it's not even like that country like it's it's not next to each other but it's not that it's not that country. It's important to know that. It's not that country. Because we get up to the top of the the driveway, and the house is on our right, and I'm driving. I'm just the passenger. And we pull up, and we look to the right, and on the porch, on the deck, it's this, ah, oh, gosh, I don't know, Andres, what, like 70? At least. At least. 70-year-old lady, and she is butt naked on the porch. Butt She's naked. But here's the thing. She, see, she sees us. She sees us, and at this point, most people that make like notice that their natural instinct would be to run inside and cover <laughs> up, right? No, I don't know what this lady was on, but she beelined it to the end of the porch to to, to like confront us, and just but naked. Full and she she stands there. She like sees us, <laughs> and she comes up to us, and just stands there and looks at us, and. I'm like, oh my, we both see her. We're like, oh, don't look, don't look, don't look. I'm like, look at this we're, we're both just like looking straight ahead. And I'm like, Andres, go talk to her. I'm like, go talk to her. I'm just like, I'm not going to go talk to her. You go talk to her. I'm like, no, no, what do we do? What do we do? And she's like trying to talk to us. We can't even hear our windows are rolled up. And I'm just like, I'm just going to back up. I'm just going to back up. Oh my gosh. Back up real slow. Real scary. That was. That was an interesting one. That was also the day that you found out I spoke Chinese. All right. No, never... that was a different day. That was a different day. Oh, okay. Just kidding. On that. That was my, one of my favorite holidays was that day. Um, Asia, what you got? Mine was probably with Will Metcher um, because <laughs> I like I literally drove five or six hours to go follow him up in Maine, and they mm -hmm. were living on the this like waterfront property. 
second floor of this cafe that there was, was their breakfast spot, like just the perfect setup. And I go follow him for the whole day and he's just a total goofball. I mean, he just, he's like, yeah, I'm a traveling educational catalog, you know? And, and then he would like drive down these roads, listening to stand up comedy. And I'm like, wow, you really don't take yourself too seriously here, you know? Cause I'm like, you know, like I was, a, I still am probably a perfectionist and very type A. And so it's hard for me to like, you know, let loose a little bit sometimes <laughs> and, he just like was so chill. And um, the the cool part comes after like I just I just learned so much from him. I went back and actually Danny was meeting me in my turf to follow me that day at like 1230 or something. Do you remember this, Danny? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I remember calling Grant. And <laughs> I was calling Grant on my way back and I'm like, Grant. I was so emotional and I'm just like, I don't want to go sell. Like I, I, I'm off schedule, you know, I'm like driving five, six hours. Like I just don't feel like I'm going to go and perform and Danny's waiting for me in my turf and there's just like no other option. I just got to go do my job. And he's like, you know what, Aisha, you don't always have to be super Aisha. You can just go be Aisha for a day. That's okay. And I'm like, wow. That's some great advice. <laughs> and so I Sage counsel. And I just like, I, I have my best day. Like up to that point, it was my best day ever. I started at one. I think I hit like 287 that day. Like just like, ever, again, everyone was buying. I was just on top of the world. Like nothing. Would stop I was me. nuts. Like, and, and we knocked on a house and this dad is like, I'm not going to buy anything, but here's $20. <laughs> Why not? And I'm over here like, are you kidding? Are you really? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I'm Classic. But I'm just another good follow story. Actually, now that I think about it, was probably when Grant came and followed me. That's what oh, I was like. Gosh, dude. Yeah. Oh, Grant. Let's see. <laughs> <hear it. laughs> that was hilarious. Grant, you tell it. Well, that's the story I was gonna say. It was it was raining pretty bad by it's getting dark, right? This house I recall, if that's the one you're talking about. And I don't even think yeah. I even got out of the house. I'm like, Danny, go knock on that door or something, right? And get a couple yeah. more demos in. That one up in Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, up in Connecticut, yeah. And I mean he, he did some great demos before and made some sales and stuff, but it wasn't quite quitting time yet. And it was pouring rain though, and I just did not want to go stand in the rain, so I just kind of washed it from the car. And uh, as he's coming back from the house, because I, I think he did a door demo and didn't get in, right? Yeah. No, she just <laughs> set the door in my face. All of a sudden, Danny's running around the car to get in and go to the next house or whatever. And then, then all of a sudden, there's no more Danny. Like, he was running, and then he disappeared. And I, and I <laughs> totally dipped it, right? And it's like some mud in the rain. Just... <sighs> Yard sale, <laughs> and right yeah, by your door, like right yeah, by you, your door. That's right. You could you slid into the door, kind of a thud thing, I think. Right, kind of. Like, just like, I just I, I went totally horizontal, like that, it was just like boom. <laughs> and then oh, the, the best part of that story, though, is we get we're done finally. You know, nine 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 thirty, whatever. We're done. We get back. Whoa, 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 whoa. you you skipped what you told me. You don't oh, know what that? I, uh, I forget. I'm like, I, it actually kind of hurt. Like, I screwed my knee, and I'm like, you know, I'm getting poured on. This mom just told me no. I'm like, like, just on the floor, just like getting rained on. I'm just like, 
I, I just decided to hold it for a second. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then Grant, I just, all I hear is I hear the window go. <laughs> and then I'm like looking up at the car and I see Grant's head pop out of the window going, what are you doing, man? No time for taking breaks. Let's go. He's like, no time. I, th- I think you said, I think you said, no time for naps, man. What are you doing? Let's go. <laughs> time for naps, Daniel. Son, get in the car. Uh, we get back oh, to you and his host mom it was just getting home too or something. And poor Danny had a big, uh, you know, a scrape on his knee and is bleeding a little bit and kind of telling the story. And she goes, you say it because you say it better than I do. What'd she say? I'm telling her the story because Grant's staying in our HQ and she goes, I'm telling her the story. And she's like super Boston, like the thickest Boston accent. And she goes, oh, you took a digger today. And we're like, what? <laughs> you took a she's digger. Like, yeah, you, you took a digger. We're like, I'm like, what is that? He's like, when you like trip and fall, that means you took a digger. We're like, what in the world? Yeah, sure. And so that was like Grant's catchphrase for the next year and a half. Yeah. Oh, you took a digger. Yeah. I will say, I had I had this follow day with Hannah Reesberg, right? And um, it was hilarious because she just like outsold everyone, right? Like she would hit more. She would hit, you know. Yeah, she would hit more like every week. And so I went to go follow her and – like she, she like had narcolepsy. <laughs> like she, I was she watching does? her in the sit down and she literally is like showing these kids books, right? Like up and up in their face, like all enthusiastic. <laughs> what? She's like nodding and she nods herself to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no way. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I like make a move or like a loud noise or something, and and she like kind of shakes out of it. She's like, yeah. So, are these cool? You know, like, wow. Like literally fell asleep, and I was just like, how is this girl selling like more every week? You know, that was hilarious wow. because she that wasn't like the only time. You know, there were like multiple times where I'm like, is she falling asleep right now? You know. Um, but she was just a beast, you know, she would just like, she was closing everyone, approaching everyone, incredible expectation. But yeah, she like, just like nodded herself to sleep. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, yeah. Man. Dude, that, my- about the time that, uh, Seth Hood followed me and, and, uh, we got, we got caught red handed when he was, uh, trying to be a mute <laughs> and they caught us. Oh my God, dude. So I have Seth Hood with me and we're like, you know, everyone's done the whole be a mute thing, you know? So I'm like, all right, you're a mute. You can't talk. And so we sit down with the family and of course they ask, what about that guy? Does he, he doesn't talk. And I'm like, no, he's a mute, you know? And, and he just looks over and he smiles. And, and then the daughter, this girl's like maybe 10 years old. She goes, Oh no way. That's great. And she looks at Seth and then she starts like signing to him. She starts doing this whole sign, like, like a whole sentence, right? And like the whole room is watching this girl try to communicate with Seth. And then, and then she stops. And then she just looks at him, like you could tell she's done talking to him. Looks at him and smiles, like waiting for a response. <laughs> and we all, I like, we all like turn and look at Seth. And I'm looking at Seth, going, 
<laughs> better, you, you say better something. do something. And he goes, and he kind of like nods and <laughs> and we're all just staring at him. And he's like, <laughs> and then he like tries to put something together. And then he just goes, oh, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't, I can't. <laughs> and the mom's like, what? Oh my gosh. And you know, that was just like the. We just died laughing, and yeah, we left right away. <laughs> Sorry, we were joking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, just caught man. red-handed. That was a fun one. Mm. Oh, that's good times, man. Oh, man. Man, this has been a blast. Um, all right, guys, let's let's wrap this guy, this one up. Um, I guess we can go around and just say uh, either your favorite – we've started a lot of really good stories. So it could be your favorite story from the book field – Craziest thing that happened to you, funniest thing that happened to you, most impactful moment. And so to give you guys an idea of what this looked like, Chad uh, Alio, he told us about the time he almost decided to quit and he didn't. And it really was a moment in his life that just really changed his life forever because he decided to stick with what he had chose to do. So it could be something like that. We had Lee McCroskey tell us about the time he shit his pants on his fourth summer outside of a post office, <laughs> the, the flagpole story. Also, also qualified, right? Oh. We've had people tell us like about big ponies, like people who the, and then they bought stories. Um, we've had a murder. Uh, we've had uh, what? Yeah, that Naomi James told us about the time she sold to this family. They had like a weird kid, and uh, when she went back to deliver, it turned out the kid had killed all the, like the parents, and it was like a whole, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go check out that episode. It's bananas. Oh my um, god! Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. So we've had we've had a variety, as you can imagine. Those are three very distinct kind of episodes, but it could be stories like that. Or um, to, you know, if you can't think of something and or maybe it's just late, you can't think of something, um, you know, the it'd be cool to hear what the impact that because I know that you guys are all really, really, really close friends, like not just through business, but in life. It'd be cool to hear about what what uh, what you guys mean to each other. I know it's kind of cheesy, but it's more like, hey, how is this person impacting you in your life for the better? And what are you thankful for that you met? Because I think that'd be a cool way to, to wrap it up if you can't think of another story. Um, so it's totally your call, uh, and nobody go first, but who wants to go first? I'll pick. Hmm. Danny. Oh, man, shoot. Actually, actually no, Asia, because ladies first, and we're very, <laughs> you know, the dig about men, you know, empowerment, <clears throat> so here you go. <laughs> I didn't dig men. I just said in a male-dominant industry, okay? <laughs> By the way, girls um, sell more books than boys do. Like, like since like forever, right? That's right. Like, don't you forget? Since, like oh eight. Oh, why don't Hannah beat me? You mentioned Hannah. I was like, damn it! <laughs> just go once, one time. Talking to um, first people without bringing up Hannah. Yeah. Well, um, geez, should I share a story or should I tell how these people have impacted my life? Hmm. If you do that, one, you're gonna cry. I don't think I will, but maybe I will. <laughs> um, hmm. Well, um, so we're all like really close in Southwestern, right? And so I think one of the craziest stories has to do with you, Andres. <laughs> this is like the craziest story. I like literally can't even believe this to this day. But like after my first summer, Oh, I, I'm done with my first summer. Right. And then, so you become really connected. All the student leaders hang out all the time. Right. Like you do life together, you go on trips together, whatever. And so, um, so anyway, like, obviously like Andres, you were like one of my student leaders, we got really close and, um, 
Like, you know, you talk about your friends and stuff. But my second summer, I'm like in in New Hampshire. Okay, so my second summer is in New Hampshire, and this is a funny story. Andres, you were selling in Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah, that was your first summer. Yeah, with Danny. I was living with Danny. Oh, yeah. Living with Danny, and it was just insane. Like I knock on this door, and um, this woman answers, and she goes, "Oh, hey, what are you doing? Like I actually don't live here." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> cool. You know, like, um, what are you doing here?" And she's like, "Oh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just house sitting. I'm letting out the dogs." And I was like, "Oh, cool." And she goes, "Wait, I, I totally know who you are." And I was like, "Really?" <laughs> and she was like, "Yeah." And this was kind of before Facebook. Like I had just checked in this town. Like Facebook didn't really do much for us, you know. Like there was like nobody would have known me because they saw me. Nobody had a. Not many people had a, like a page even at that point. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, I was so confused. And um, she goes, "Is your name Asia?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and she was like, "Oh my gosh, you know who came to my door last summer, Andres?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> And she yeah, actually, yeah. where was she from? She was from Massachusetts. And so yeah, she was she from lived Massachusetts. North Andover. And she was like in this town in New Hampshire. And I was like, like knocking on this door out in the country, like in this random town. And she like literally called me by name. And is this the family? This is the family. Yeah. I just like, I was so mind blown that she like recognized me and like knew my name, knew who I was you know, had recollection that she had met you the summer before. And it was just, it was like a weird time warp thing or like other universe thing where this woman from not the same state that I was even knocking at, like knew who I was. And I swear that was a God moment that I didn't really know like what was happening. But anyway, they, I think that, that was like one of the craziest stories yeah. that I've ever heard. Or so her name is Lauren. Her name is Lauren. Uh, we still keep in touch. Like we still talk. Uh, they followed me on my Facebook. We became tight friends and everything. And they followed me on my Facebook. They followed me everything I was doing. And they knew about my entire life. They were asking me about my friends, everyone that lived around. They were asked, they, they asked about my parents. Hell, she ended up asking like much, much later on after she met you. She's like, hey, I met one of your book kids. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? And it was like, she had met you. That's, but yeah. the coincidence of that was bananas. Yeah. It, I'm, I, I also knocked on a lady's house that knew my mom uh, on my yeah. third summer or my, yeah, my first was third summer. Is this the Sandy was, one? Is your yeah. mom Sandy? I'm like, <laughs> you know Sandy? Fuck? yeah. That's <laughs> crazy. Danny, you remember that? Yeah, that's a small dude. world. That's nuts. Dude, it's wild. Or the lady that that's like weird. knew about Grand Island because of balls. I've told that story <laughs> a lot on, on the air. Balls. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a good, a good story. One. Danny, what's your favorite story? Oh man, I'm trying to think this whole time, bro. There's so many, and I can't. I don't know, like just crazy stuff. I, you know, like one time I got a katana pulled on me. I remember how to. That was that was an experience. Getting a sword pulled on me. I was delivering books to a guy, and he didn't want him. He's like, "I'm not paying for these." I'm like, "Oh, you know, I'm over here trying to curl them." I'm like, "Well, you know, let me explain my situation." And and the, he goes, he looks at his kid. He's like, "This kid's like seven years old," and he's like, "Go get my katana." I'm like what did you just tell him and anyways i just keep trying to crew him and it's not working and <laughs> he goes to the living room and he pulls out this katana like this little samurai sword from his wall <laughs> and he goes Shing! he's like like pointing at me 
what in the world? I couldn't even like take him seriously. I just started like laughing. I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna leave. So that that's always one that that makes me laugh. Um, oh yeah, look at that dude eating Miss 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 Piggy pizza. Classic first summer. Um, watching watching a, a horse get impregnated. That was that was eye opening for sure. Uh, just because you know we, I'm a city boy, so I didn't grow up in the farm. So watching this mom just stick her whole arm, just being shoulder deep inside a horse, was just crazy. That was pretty nuts. Um, just all that stuff that you see. So, but um, other than that, no, I I don't know. I just I would say probably my biggest thing my first summer. I'll, I'll go with more of the softy one too. Is just like I um, yeah, it was just such a game. Like a lot of people ask me like why I, we Asia and I stick around and and I always tell people I, I just feel like one, one one of my big traits is loyalty and I'm, I'm like loyal to a fault and I just feel so loyal to what I gain and like I, I I met my wife my first summer and my first summer I accepted Christ in my life and I learned all these things I met all these cool mentors it's like all these things right like all these pictures behind me like my kid and stuff like just comes from this one decision that i made back when i was 17 of doing this crazy summer job right and it's just nuts to think about so um and just shaped me so like one of my favorite books that i've ever read was rich dad poor dad and everyone's read that book it's a great book but that's why aisha and i love grant so much because you know uh grant grant's my rich dad and and it's been so cool and i I feel so blessed to have rich dads like Grant in my life. So that's that's just something that I'm always so loyal to and so faithful to, which is probably why I'm still here trying to do, do the goodwill, keep it alive. And in keep fact, that picture yeah, is and then, in, just cool memories. what, so, Malaysia just, or something? Just cool memories as Malaysia that's with Grant. Grant. Best that's picture our picture. Coolest picture ever. So yeah, That's after Danny wild. and I got married, we went on a cruise with the greeters and it was in Asia and we got to stop at, yeah, you know, we flew into Tokyo and then had a few stops in Japan and went to Hong Kong and Taiwan and down to Singapore and flew up to Malaysia and we never would have gone on that trip if it wasn't for, for Grant, you know, so a lot of cool That's memories. Wonderful. Yeah. Very thankful for the greeter family. Blue milk, blue milk toast. Blue milk toast. I'm out of blue milk. Oh, no. I am too. I, still have some, I have some hum, but. Undrop that. Uh, thank you, Daniel Sun. You are my thank son. You. Thank you. Yes, Thanks, Andres, for bringing Daniel Sun into the book field. He did it himself, Angela, I think. Uh, for bringing Aishi. Uh, yeah, you know, I couldn't be more proud of of Danny and Isha running the force, leading the force, keeping it going. You know, I spent 27 years, well, 20 years on the force, seven years to figure out how to have a force. But anyway, 20 years, that's the longest thing I'll probably ever do in life. Uh, so, of course, it was very meaningful to me. So, uh, you know, to see those guys care and and keep the force and, and keep the name and do so well with it, Makes me very proud, very happy. So thank you guys for carrying on. Much appreciated. The force is strong. Yes. 
Um, and uh, just a quick, uh, a cool, you know, it was like a two second thing that happened uh, on the book field. I, you know, knocked on a door as a grandpa and didn't want to buy anything, but he goes, uh, come with me. I'm like, okay, well, I really need to get going prior to the next house. And he's like, well, just, just take what I know you're, you know, doing your thing, make, trying to make money, which is cool. I appreciate that. But just come with me for one. I got something I want to give you. I'm like, okay. Uh, so we go out to his garage. He's got a little workshop and he's, uh, grabs this, uh, little, uh, oh, well, it wasn't this one exactly, but, uh, cause the one that he gave me got stolen. <laughs> But uh, this is the second one, or I bought one just like it. You guys seen these before, you know, where the letters Jesus. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. at first oh. he, he told me, you know, he handed me this, and he's like, what do you see? And I'm like, ah, some wood. And he's like, yep, well, that'll be your, you know. The lesson is if you know where to look and, and you look hard enough, you'll, you know, you'll find Jesus in everything you do. And uh, wow. so just a good reminder of, uh, I don't know, just to keep it, keep your eye open for Jesus, I guess. And so, uh, Damn, just a good good memory so from the book field about how people care about you. You know, you're a complete stranger, and all the kindness that people show you on the book field, right? From your host families to your customers to your non-customers, to some random grandpa that just wanted to give me a little trinket to carry along. And so, yeah, lifetime of good friends and memories from the book field. So. Wow. What a lesson there. That's awesome. Because you you always think of like the rejection or the bad times or the weird times, but then like there was also so many great things you can just be looking for and look back, even in your memories, right? You look back and look look at things kind of like that. Yeah, that's like the best part. One of my favorite quotes right now is the Shia LaBeouf quote. It's it's from this movie. I can't remember what the name of the movie is, Um, but it's where he's like traveling with the the kid that has Down syndrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that scene where they're about to cross the river. Look it up. Yeah. It's Shia LaBeouf crossing the river. You're all gonna. We're, we're all gonna die someday. But it's so funny. The kid looks at him. You'll find it. But the kid looks at him and he goes, uh, "Are we gonna die?" And he goes, "Yeah, of course you're gonna die. That's just a matter of time. That's not the point. The real question is, are they gonna have cool stories to tell about you when you're dead? Now stop being a little bitch. Let's go." Peanut <laughs> <laughs> butterfly. Uh, well, all right. Yeah, but it's just such a good. It's like I love that, right? It's like, hey, that, it's not a matter if you're gonna die or not. It's are they gonna are they gonna be able to tell cool stories about you when you're gone? And uh, man, that's that's that that includes all the no's and all the all the yeses and all the ponies and all the the harsh people blowing up your porch. You know, it's like it's all of it. Yeah. Amen to that. Did you find wow. it? Uh, yeah, I don't know if we can pull up the video because for copyright reasons, I don't know. Oh, I'm gotcha. I think we could use it for. I, I've looked this up. I think I can use a specific amount of clips. But if you guys want to see it, we'll put the YouTube video of that down at below. If you made it this far with us, so um, for the link, man, guys, this has been a blast. I hope you guys had a good time. I really appreciate you guys joining me. I know it's late in the in the Middle West where you're all located. For me in the East Coast, I'm still so, things are still open. Uh, yet here but i appreciate you guys taking the, the time uh especially so last minute to do this it's been really uh i'm happy that we get to do this it's well well worth my time so hopefully it was the same for you guys um 
Guys, I've been with Asia Gamboa, Danny Gamboa, and Grant Greeter. Thank you so much. If you guys want to check out or find them or get a hold of them, uh, we'll put some their LinkedIn profiles or some sort of email or something that you can contact them with below as well. Um, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you guys on the next one. And be on the lookout for the Season 9 finale with Dan Moore to be recorded next week. So that's happening. We're going to be in person with Dan Moore for a couple hours talking to him about his legacy and his experience here uh, at the Southwestern company so uh check that one out remember the business change see you guys on the next episode my name is andres gamboa see you guys